Hi, I'm Sarah Aviva, and you may have seen me on episodes and TV shows such as Lucifer, iZombie, Supernatural, Unreal, Ice, Aftermath, dot, dot, dot. You can see it all on IMDb. And you are listening to Neil Before Pod. Neil Before Blog presents Neil Before Pod. Hello and welcome to a venomous edition of Neil Before Pod, the podcast that loves to eat lobster right from the tank. We're a little late to the party but have overcome great hardships like the loss of internet to bring you a discussion about the Sony Spider-Man spin-off Sans Spider-Man Venom. Joining me from a weird planet filled with goo creatures, Chris. Hello. And one half of a shared entity, Gus. I am considered a loser on my planet. And the other half of said shared entity, Natalie. I don't agree with that. Well, you're in Why the same place my sharing entity? microphones. So, therefore, shared uh, entity. Symbiosis. Fine. Or sim... I don't know. Symbiosis. How do you pronounce it? Who knows? That'll be, that'll be one of the questions. Symbiosis. Symbiosis. Yeah. It's a reference yeah. to the, the trailer. But, but anyway, we are here. Yeah. For episode 99 of the regular <gasps> format podcast, with episode 100 coming soon. I don't know when soon, how soon, but eventually. How soon is now? It's a, a golden question. Well, it oh, may or may not be ready format. to go, other than a couple of little bits. So there we go. Oh my god, don't tease us. Stay tuned for episode 100, whenever I can be bothered uploading it. Sometime before we record the next, whatever podcast it will be. So, anyway, enough of the advertising. We shall start off with our regular format, Neil Before Rise Against. Who would like to go first? Um, me. Go for it. What are you kneeling before this episode? Tom Hardy. <laughs> Naturally. And also, uh, Eminem's track for Venom as well. You're kneeling before Eminem's Venom song. Yeah, it's actually, like, it's brilliant. I beg to differ. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's, look at the lyrics, and you're like, wow, in the space of him going, hmm, nim, nim, there's a whole sentence in there. It's incredible. Do, do you think when he got the gig of, right, you're going to do the, the main song for this film, you know, you're the next Chad Kroger getting to do this iconic song. Oh my God, this, do not. <laughs> film. Who so. else has compared him to Chad Kroger? <laughs> <laughs> That's so, dreadful. Do you think he stood in front of a whiteboard, wrote the word Venom, mm-hmm. and then sat and racked his brains about what actually rhymes with it? Like Mayo. Doesn't rhyme with Venom. Oh. No, but he's a lyrical genius, so he makes it work. <laughs> <laughs> so, Eminem, the next Chad Kroger. Oh my God. <laughs> Take that back. <laughs> right now. No. Uh, no, I'm not taking it back. <clears throat> yeah. Chris, do you like the Venom song? No. <laughs> oh, oh, but he drops loads of stuff. 
Liquid Tylenol, Edgar Allan Poe, Skiskiska <laughs> Skeletons. He doesn't actually say Skiskiska Skeletons. I just made that myself. Talks about Hellman's. You, you wouldn't know. No one's ever listened like to it all the way through. So. Dr. Riviera. I've, I've got the lyrics Poe. here. Who who else raps where they talk about filet fish? I don't know. Well, I don't either. Ronald McDonald? <laughs> so... But there's a lot in there for people who are probably very familiar with things like Danica Part- Patrick. I don't know who that is. That's Aaron Rodgers' girlfriend. What? Why is she in this rap? I don't know. <laughs> this is right. That's it. I don't like it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so you have knelt before the Venom song. Well, and Tom Hardy. And then start questioning. <laughs> I don't think I can use it as part of the soundtrack for this podcast, but then is anybody going to care enough to sue us? No. Probably not. How would they go for it? <laughs> well, at least someone's listening to it. Yeah. <laughs> Kneeling before yeah. the Venom song, the only person that likes it that I know of. Well, is that wait, me? Wait, wait till you hear my Kneel Before. <laughs> well, I think you've just set yourself up to go next. Let, let, let it's the Venom song. <laughs> <laughs> is it actually? No duplication. Is it actually? <laughs> well... I didn't like it when I first heard it, and then I posted, you know, a thousand reaction videos on YouTube and um, <laughs> slammed Eminem on all of my social media. Uh, but then I reconsidered and was like, actually, I quite like it, and it's maybe the best thing about the film. <laughs> it's because he's a lyrical genius. So here. So are you actually just duplicating the deal before? Well, I don't know. Yeah, but more enthusiastically, because <laughs> I didn't start questioning the lyrics. Well, the Wait, is this Tom Hardy? Is this not when sort of hostages fall in love with their captors? Is, is it just that Natalie's played it to you too many times and now you've sort of grown to love it? Played the what too many times? Uh, we have a symbiotic relationship. <laughs> yeah. I'll uh, have you know that Hostage is a really underrated movie. Do you have a more... Uh, do you have a non-venom-related meal before? Uh... Tom Hardy's pretty good. But wait, you said that as well. <laughs> yeah. Riz Ahmed, I like him. Who's Not he? based on this film, surely. But No. Oh, he's the bad guy. But I like his lyrical stylings as well. <laughs> as one half of the Sweatshop Boys. Oh, so he is. Yeah. Yeah, he is. That's so actually, very, oh my gosh, that's true. It's a very musical a, Neil before this, so he this can, session. He can hold his own in a rap battle as well. Well, I'd like to see. I'd like to see Eminem and him, like, do like a face off. Like Travolta Cage style. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's the past time they remade that film. Isn't it? <laughs> I want everyone. Look, I want everyone to know that. That's maybe even more implausible. The only off. more implausible body Jesus. swap than Cage Travolta, <sighs> Mathers the Third, and Ahmed. <laughs> Face Off has been getting far too much like conversation time in the last week and a half. I don't know why, but we've talked about it so much. I feel disappointed that there's not like a, a procession of sort of spin-offs or you know sequels to Face Off every couple of years, where just actors just try and pretend to be each other. Um, I'm surprised that that just didn't become a thing. Well, I think it's because they saw the movie and they were like, "What is this? This cannot be bettered." <laughs> maybe we did I mean we watched five minutes of the movie uh, yeah about a week and a half ago and then spent 20 minutes watching the movie since what's it called Cinema Sins Cinema Sins of it which was hilarious I suggest everyone watches it so Neil before Caster Troy <laughs> <laughs> cool 
Chris, are you going to give us a musical um, Neil before, or are you going off book? No, I, I think I'm going to go off the musical episode now, and I am kneeling before uh, Marvel have announced a Winter Soldier and Falcon TV show. Oh yeah, for their Disney streaming service. Yeah, which yeah. is a bit weird, but I kind of found it funny in Civil War when the two of them were together. There was that one sort of funny scene in the car and a couple of other bits, so yeah, sure, why not? But surely, spoilers for Infinity War, they're both dead. I know, and so is Spider-Man, but, you know, <laughs> I've got to be honest, anything that is being announced at the moment is a bit of a spoiler, but in a heart of hearts, are they dead? Are they, though? Yeah, I think that's a cool idea, just having little mini-series yeah. of these characters. There's a Scarlet Witch one and a Loki one in development mm. as well, so, you know, cool. I kind of like the idea of taking all these things off in little bits and going, listen, this is never going to be worth a full-blown film, but we'll give you six episodes or ten episodes or a little mini thing. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. I'm up for that. Yeah. I'm here for that, too. It'll just be six episodes of them grieving over Steve Rogers' corpse. (laughs) It will Uh, be. Craig? Yes? I think I've just remembered what the Nail Before Rise Against thing is. And I know we go over this every podcast, but it doesn't have to have pertained to what we're podcasting about, does it? No. It shouldn't pertain to what we're podcasting about. That's the point of the feature. (laughs) Oh my god, I thought it was supposed to be about what we liked in a brief shell about... Nope. That's what Ah, the next agenda item's all about. Right, in that case, The Witcher. (laughs) (laughs) Is that not just Henry Cavill with a white wig? Superman as The Witcher. I'm... I feel like this happened the last time that we did this. It did. Why didn't you remind me? Do over. I thought it was fairly evident. <laughs> but all I talked about was Venom. Yeah. But the the song wasn't part of the agenda, so I allowed it. Well, I'm making it part of the agenda. I want to talk about it later. Well, oh. we've already talked about it, so that's that. Um, yeah. Okay, so I guess it's my turn. Um, yeah. Uh, or do you, do you guys have an opinion on Marvel streaming miniseries for, about big characters? Well, I know you're being all like, oh, but they're dead. Um, I'm just kind of like, yeah, but it depends on what timeline are you living in. I know, and they're they're not going to be dead. It's fine. I, know, I was just being facetious. That's what I was doing. Yeah, and no, I got that. Yeah, that's that's Craig's secret double identity. Indeed. No, I, I accidentally came up with a superhero name this week: the Millennial Falcon. He's just some lazy guy with superpowers who doesn't do anything. <laughs> That's gold. <laughs> and now hundreds of people. Trademark. Five people who are listening could steal my idea. You've got um, haven't you got to post it to yourself or something? I think that's a myth. Any copyright lawyers get in touch and let me know. After you've after you've copyrighted my idea and take me to the cleaners. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. <yeah. laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's that good an idea. What, oh my gosh! I've just remembered actually going to the cinema to see Venom, and we do have a lot to talk about. Indeed. So we should we should bash on. So I'm going to that'll make more sense in a moment. I'm going to kneel before. Um, uh, there's a bunch of things I could kneel before, but I'm going to kneel before the fact that William Shatner's making a Christmas album. That feels like something we should rise against. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> Nonsense. William Shatner's music is creative. It's very creative, and I enjoy it. It's like spoken word versions of like popular songs. So the fact that he's doing a Christmas album, I'm buying it. 
And I, it will be a Christmas present to everyone I know as well. We, we've not done a podcast for an entire month. There's an entire month's worth of amazing news. Yes, but I'm still catching up with the entire internet. Over the I can't month. remember any any good things that have happened in the last month. <laughs> Me neither. It's been a, a, a rubbish month. So, that's yeah. that. William Shatner Christmas album. Any other opinions? Um... Negative. Ah. Angus, what do you think of a William Shatner Christmas album? Uh, Negative. <laughs> better be called Kirk the Halls. <laughs> Shatner's now listening. He's like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is this his first Christmas album? Yes. Oh, in my head, I thought this was like a second or third. <laughs> no, no, no. It's his fourth album, but his first Christmas mm. album. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I guess you the transform man has been behem. No, what's it called? Uh, Space Oddity or something. I can't remember what his third one was called. It was a science fiction theme one though, uh, and this one, which is his Christmas one. So there we go. <gasps> do you know what I learnt this this week? I learnt that you can do a masters in Dundee on science fiction, and it's like looking at literature, movies, and comics. And I was like, how amazing would that be? Sounds like a lot of work. That sounded really cool. It does. It's a lot of work. It would also make whoever does it overqualified for this podcast. (laughs) Or underqualified. (laughs) (laughs) You can only accept doctorates around here. (laughs) Oh, that's me out. And and me. (laughs) Okay. So let's move on to being sweepingly negative with our Rise Against. Angus, do you have a Rise Against? Uh, World Wrestling Entertainment. (laughs) Just in general. The whole WWE is going down. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're making deals with unnamed Middle Eastern countries. I, I'm going to say no more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you hear about that? Wrestling. Well, you so, should hate it even more now because you, they're holding events over there, and it's yeah, they're holding events in Saudi Arabia. It's uh, and it's all dodgy. John Cena's trying to pull out, and they're like, no, and he's like, yeah, because I'm not down with this, and uh, and they're kind of forcing. Forcing them to go. Hmm. <laughs> Dodgy deals. Yeah, I don't like wrestling. Never have. Um, I like some wrestlers, though. I think John Cena's really funny. The Rock, of course. Who can't like The Rock? Uh, Batista. Personal like favourite. Macho yeah. Man, Randy Bonesaw. Randy Orton, another personal favourite. Hello, Randy. And that's <laughs> about all the ones I know about. Oh, there's some guy that's in Arrow. I can't remember his name. Cody someone? I can't remember. Anyway. Uh, he plays a character called Samson in Arrow. Mm. Cody Rhodes, hopefully. Is it Cody Rhodes? He's Could not be. an actor, is he? Could, well, uh, he's in Arrow, so, you know. If you think wrestling's Cody real Rhodes. or not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aren't all wrestlers actors? Um, it's Cody Rhodes. He's in Arrow, yes. Thank you, thank you. Fast Arrow knowledge coming to the fore there. He's quite handsome. He's a, Yeah, he's a villain. He's all right. He's Matches. you know he fights Oliver a few times. I don't know who that is. The the Green the, Arrow himself. The orphan the from Charles Dickens. <laughs> tale. Yeah, that that too. Yeah. I used to get annoyed at the wrestling because it would interrupt Cartoon Network at the end of the day. Ah, <laughs> oh, bummer. Thus rise against. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, Chris, what have you got? 
I, I kind of feel that I have brought something very weak to this apparent gunfight. Um, I am rising against the PG cut of Deadpool 2. What? An interesting one to rise against. What is yeah. that? Well, you rise against? I am rising against the fact that it's getting a PG cut. The whole point, the whole thing that they did was, ah, we're not going to do a PG cut, da da da. And then they're like, no, we're going to cash in and do a PG cut. So therefore, rise against. Is that Didn't like Ryan a... Reynolds say there'd be new scenes in it though? So therefore, it's the... probably going to make fun of the fact that it's a PG cut. Um, potentially, but it's still exactly what they said they weren't going to do. We've already had extended cut, extended, extended, extended cut, XXXXX extended cut. Now we're getting PG cut. I kind of have the feeling of you are milking this a lot. Maybe stop. Do you want to hear something weird? I haven't seen the extended cut of Deadpool 2 yet. I've got it. I just haven't seen it. Put in a dun dun dun. I get rid of two weeks. I get rid of the internet for two weeks, and I'm in the twilight zone, pretty much, where I can't see anything and and all this stuff. I mean, I've got it on Blu-ray, so there's no real excuse. But I just scary have to watch door. It. Yeah, the scary door. Um, fair enough. I don't know. Um, I'll probably see it if it comes out. But yeah, I've already seen Deadpool two, and with all its swearing and violence intact, so yeah. So Rise Against China overturning a 25-year ban on importing tiger and elephant parts for medicinal purposes. Let's rise against that because that is brutal. And it could be very devastating to to a lot of sanctuaries. I didn't know anything about this. Well, I think I read it in the news, but I don't know. I don't really know that much about it. Okay, well, maybe this will be nice because I think people should know a bit more about it and uh, and challenge it a little bit more. Um, yeah, there's a lot of terrible things going on in the world right now and a lot of change and a lot of unsettling things. So I think when you see rise against something, I can't help but think of uh, larger, more troubling things than maybe <laughs> uh, pop culture things, I guess. Okay. Do you know I've risen against uh, popcorn in the cinemas on previous podcasts? Just, just so you know. Um, just, you know level just, 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 just so you know what the usual tone of the podcast is. Um. Yeah. Is that is that a note for me or for our listeners? Uh, do you know what? Maybe for the listeners, just just okay. so you know that there's there's cheerier entrances into the podcast realm than possibly this one. Yeah. Was it I not mean, cinema adverts at one point as well? I, yeah, I think uh, adverts for the cinema when you're already in the cinema. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was also risen against at some uh, point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd like. I mean, next week when we do another one, it's probably going to be different. But at the moment, that's uh, an overriding thing in my head. So. How, how do you feel about late running buses? <laughs> Depends where they're going. Yeah, I can't even get her frustrated yeah. about that. What about yeah. uh, late running buses driving over the top of pandas? Yeah. <laughs> what are pandas doing in the path of the buses? Trying to signal it to stop. Are they real pandas or are they kids dressed up as pandas? Well, they were real pandas. Now they're kind of a bit squishy. And worn by children. The world is very, very mucked up. Yeah, I, I, I kind of <laughs> agree with you. I can't, I can't argue against... Um, you, you know, rare creatures being used for medicinal purposes that probably aren't even proven by science. So, yeah, I'll yeah. go with that. 
Now we have all of China against us. Nice job, guys. No, not all of China, because just because that is what some few people have chosen to do does not represent the whole country. We know that, remember. Do, do, do we know if this podcast is even getting past the firewall yet? <laughs> Someone out there will be listening. We're with you. Bootleg radio. <laughs> this podcast <laughs> is getting loaded into this. This this podcast is getting loaded onto USB sticks and fired across Smuggled the great wall. The <laughs> like, oh no! Uh, okay. Yeah, let, let's let's say no. That's not happening. Yeah. And uh, well, yeah, you never know. We should give this, a this shout is, out there's going to be a lot of editing right to the beginning of this podcast this week, oh, Craig. Yeah. I feel. Yeah, that's no, there's yeah. not. No, there's it's going to be edited down to. So we didn't do any rise before <laughs> you're against this week. Um, we move straight on. Let's move straight on to our featured topic. Everything's peachy. Hello, North Korea. Okay, so so my rise against is quite an old one, but you know we haven't done a podcast. Craig, since. you've not done your rise against you. No, I usually go last. <laughs> Because I'm a gentleman. But yeah, um, I'm going to rise against, this is a fairly old one, the Dark Phoenix trailer, because it's terrible. What's that? It's the next X-Men film. You know the X-Men film that should be subtitled, we don't care, because it's, you know, been bought over by Marvel, or bought over by Disney now, so, you know, it doesn't matter because the X-Men continuity, as it exists now, is getting thrown out because the X-Men will join their friends in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But that doesn't really matter in terms of is does this look like a good film? And the answer is no. It looks a lot like The Last Stand, and we all know how bad that was. Uh, there's just nothing about that trailer that makes me think, wow, I've got to see that. And it just cuts to shots of Jennifer Lawrence and James McAvoy looking bored. Maybe that's what the X-Men do now, you know? Now that all their friends are dead, there's nothing really much to do. It just looks dull. It doesn't look like a great trailer. It Also, like you say, it's kind of one of these films now that you feel anything that happens in it, it just isn't of any consequence because it's about to be rebooted anyway. Also, it was supposed to be coming out Valentine's Day 2019 and it immediately got pushed back to June like a day after the trailer dropped. So, what does that tell you? It's Not probably something along, along the lines of, let's gauge the fan reaction, oh hell, and then moved Quick up. guys, more reshoots. <laughs> and then yeah. Jennifer Lawrence says, I'm not coming back for this. And then, yes, we're just... Let's be lose. honest though, like, I think the X-Men movies have always been very hit and miss, like, but even before, you know, this changed, so... There are quite a few, I think there's more good ones than there are bad ones, though. Like one and know. two, one and two is good. The second Wolverine is a good film. The uh, last Wolverine film, of course, is a good film. First Class is outstanding. Uh, Days of Future Past is pretty good. What's so the room? Apocalypse... All the even numbered ones. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, growing up, of all the superhero movies, X Men was the one that I gave like the least cares about. I just thought there was too many of them, too many X Men, and too many X Men movies. Not many. They were kind of some of the it first. Like I think I've said time. this on. I think I've said this on another podcast. They were kind of one of the first break through when all the superhero movies were kicking back off again. So I kind of give them a little bit of slack. Plus, it brought us Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Mm. Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. Thank you, Scrubs, JD. Say that all the time. Yeah. So that's that. X Men Dark Phoenix, or it's not even called X Men Dark Phoenix. It's called Dark Phoenix. With Phoenix, like X. Like yeah, X the X is, give it to you. is it like legally distinct Dark Phoenix? Uh, 
I don't know. I think it was still an X-Men film. They've just dropped the X-Men moniker. Ah, so, yeah. so not legally distinct. No, just not called X-Men. I'm not Maybe sure why. Maybe they're trying to move away from that because there are too many X-Men movies. Shall we move on then? So, we're here to talk about Venom, that thing we've already kind of talked about. So, let's get into the spoiler-free thoughts. What did we think without t- ex- spoiling it for everybody, if it can indeed be spoiled? Chris, nominate you. Go first. Um, do you know what? Venom's one of these films that I really didn't have a lot of anticipation for when it came out. I think I've said on previous podcasts multiple times how much... And in future I, podcasts. And, and in future podcasts, <laughs> strangely, uh, how much uh, I'm, I wasn't particularly looking forward to this film. It just didn't catch me in any way. I came out the other side of it thinking, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, like sort of coming out from the dentist after not having your teeth drilled. You know what I mean? It's one of those kind of things. You come off and go, no, that wasn't, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I thought they were going to reach in with pliers and pull one out. And it's, uh, it's not that bad. It had some funny moments in it. It had some little character bits that I kind of liked. However... um. Not great. It kind of feels like a film that if it had come out 10 years, maybe more ago, it would have gone down a lot better than it did. Or it has. Yeah, that's pretty close to how I feel about it. Um, I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to, but it was a dismal marketing campaign that just made it seem like it was going to be unwatchably terrible. But I kind of liked it. I think Tom Hardy did the best he could with the ropey material he was given. It's a mm-hmm. bit disjointed in what it's trying to be about. It never quite settles on anything. But there's some funny moments. Um, some less funny moments. Yeah, it's just one of those. If, Like you said, if it come out the same summer as Ghost Rider, for example, it'd probably feel right at home in that kind of time period. feels very dated. You know, you've kind of had the... Um, You've had 10 years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe churning out sort of quality films that, you know, that, that follow things like structure and character development and plot. And uh, then you get this <laughs> and it just it just feels like quite a lazy throwback, all told. Yeah, not in a particularly like a nostalgic way throwing back to those films either. It's just, yeah, like you say, a bit lazy, some of it, the way it's done. Yeah. Angus, what did you think? Uh, Venom, officially known as the Republic of Venom, is a country at the southern end of the Arabian Peninsula. No, it's not. Oh, no, that's Yemen. <laughs> Sorry, still got my mind on <laughs> politics. Um, <laughs> I was like, legit, like, oh my God, is it actually so <laughs> I, I thought I had uh, very low expectations going in, and those were met. Um <laughs> Uh, no, slightly I slightly exceeded my low expectations. <laughs> I yeah, didn't I didn't need this film and didn't come out thinking that it was all that necessary. I thought that the tone was kind of weird throughout. It felt as if it had been kind of patched together from different edits or uh, scripts because um, some of it was quite funny, but some of it was quite um, serious. I don't know if that was what they were going for, but it felt a bit imbalanced to me. I wanted to like it more than I did, I think. Um, I liked Tom Hardy to begin with, and I don't know, as it, my complaint is always the same with these things, as it kind of descends into a CGI slugfest at the end, it just <laughs> loses my interest, So, uh, and that is exactly what happened here. Fair one. 
Natalie, what did you think? Kind of similar, I think, to you guys. Although I went in with low expectations because I didn't really know much about it anyway. And then, yeah, like Sims Glass, I really, I really wanted to enjoy it. Like I really wanted it to be good. Um, but I was confused a lot of the time because obviously the Venom that I know primarily comes from like the Sega Mega Drive game that I had <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> and then also Topher Grace's like an interpretation of Venom as well because we've already met this character so I was a bit confused as to what point we were going to meeting it's like this origins of him like it's just really it's just really strange so no and, in Spider-Man cartoon or uh, what was the other thing that you might have seen him in uh, <clears throat> the, like, the PS1 I mean, Spider-Man game that was the other thing nah like I didn't I didn't have that game on PS1 like we're going old old school for the game <laughs> that I had like but it's just really weird because Tom Hardy it's like you said did the best he could with what he had to work with um, and sometimes it just wasn't good but there are things that I liked about it but I think the kind of rush a lot of uh, character development and um, like we seem to have left out some some key points that I think would have endeared us a bit more to the characters. And that's another thing, you kind of you kind of the whole time you're like, am I supposed to like him? Because he's supposed to be this bad guy, but it's like, it, is this supposed to be spoiler free? Yes. yes. Uh, then I'll leave it. <laughs> <laughs> He's supposed to be this bad guy, and maybe a bad guy. <laughs> I think you've uh, I think you've made your position fairly clear, so okay, that's cool. Thanks. We can uh, dis- we can bond with the spoiler creature mm. and become mm. something greater. Or I don't know. I don't know what this analogy is. Are we going to do that? Are we ready to Yay. do that? I just want to say I'm slightly uncomfortable with merging with everybody. <laughs> if that's what's you know, I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, as long as we don't float around like a turd on the wind, we'll be okay. My toes is. <laughs> okay, shall we spoil? Yes, let's. We are Venom. Cool. We've achieved spoiler-osis. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need a wash. <laughs> It's a bad pun. It's a really bad pun. It's not even a pun. It just, <laughs> oh, it just, you tried. It's, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's rubbish. Okay, we have it's another new now. feature. Well, it's newish. We tried it last time, and I just shoved it in at a random point. But now it has a Ugh. point in the structure. Yeah, <laughs> we're back to this again. So we are engaging with our listeners, such as they are, mm-hmm. whoever they are. And mm-hmm. we have went out and looked for some questions that they might want to ask us about Venom because mm. we're clearly experts on this. Yeah. So we have four, I am led to believe. I have three, Chris has one. Is that right? I do have one. Cool, okay. Well, we'll start off with Jordan McIntyre. Uh, he says, why do you think this film is making so much money, especially if lots of people are slamming it? Is it making money? Yeah, it just cleared $500 million. 
Yeah, but how much did it? You don't consider that much. You don't get out of bed for less than a billion, do you? (laughs) Well, it was quite a cheap film. I mean, unless you couldn't tell by watching it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think it was like the budget was somewhere like north of just north of a hundred something million. So ah, cheap, yes. Yeah, so it's well, you know, cheap for one of these typical indie movie. I mean, you got to ask how much of that is tax. Uh, Just how much of that is lobsters that Tom Hardy was eating. <laughs> it is a good question because I am surprised that it's taken that much money. I really thought, I mean, yeah, I think I was believing that not many people had actually gone to see it. Yeah. Well, it's making loads of money. It's like the biggest October opening ever, you know, or, or something like that. But What was uh, the drop-off after the reviews started coming out? Nothing. Like, second week it still nailed it. It still did really well at the box office. So. Well, to be fair, I mean... It's Tom Hardy. It's got a great soundtrack. <laughs> whether it, whether it, yeah, it does. Yeah, whether it deserves it or not is academic, I suppose. But the the thing is, a lot of people are slating it. But the, there's almost like a the, there's a weird sort of fan backlash to it. It's one of those things that it's one of those films where the critics don't know what they're talking about, sort of thing. As if film critics are this hive mind that believe something, you know, that 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 are that have to report a certain thing about a film. So you've got a lot of people that went out probably trying their best to love it and then ended up loving it or saying that they loved it. And it's just to kind of stir up that controversy of the, the backlash about, you know, the, these critics who get paid to write about stuff. I'm not one of these people, by the way, because I don't get paid to write about stuff. <laughs> or slamming this film. I gave it a neutral sort of lukewarm review anyway. It was like three stars for me, so... Do you think Tom Hardy's a big enough draw to pull in the casuals? No, I wouldn't say he's like a, you know, he's a box office winner. You know, like, I mean, he's good. I think people recognise that he's good, but I don't think he's like this household name. You know, he's not a Tom Cruise or a a Will Smith, is he? What? Yes, he is a household name. Is Will Smith even a household name anymore? No, he he was. Um, Tom Hardy, I think, is that kind of person where I think... There will be people who are going, right, I'm going to go see this movie, and their girlfriends are going to go, oh, I'll come with you. See, I'm not sure he's as well known as you think he is. Yeah, he is. Mm. I think think he's well enough known. I mean, personally, I think it's just arrived at the right kind of time in between other superhero films and sort of action-y films that it's been there for people to watch. It's not really been up against another film of the same Mm. type within close proximity. And I is think it, that's why it's it's done all right, and it'll be doing all right on a sort of longer uh, release than normal. It won't be that everyone sort of flocks to see it at once. It's the fact that dribs that and drabs of people war. have gone to the cinema and went, "Oh, Venom! I've not really seen that yet." Yeah, I suppose we'll go and see that. You know, it's it's because a lot of the films that have been out are not sort of independent films, but are maybe smaller scale, not as action driven. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Well, uh, Neil before Blog gave it two stars. I, I've kind of forgotten even what I had to say about it. So that was, <laughs> two uh, stars. Two stars. I was wow. going to give it three, but I was like, it does not. Also, like, I just want to go back to this whole Tom Hardy household name thing. Like, he's been in some massive movies, and he's been like, he has. But the thing is, this is you know back to the MCU. But they, someone did a poll on audiences to to think of. You know, the actors that people recognise the names and things like Chris Evans and so on. You know, even though they recognise the characters, they didn't recognise them as actors. So it'd be like, 
So I, I think Tom Hardy's one of those actors where it's like, what do you think of Tom Hardy? And they're like, what would I have seen him in? And then someone will say, legend. Oh, yeah, right, cool, like him. Was he not in, like, Bronson? Yeah, but again, Bronson, Massive. like, Bronson was sort of a critical darling, but I don't think it was, you know, I don't think it was earth-shattering in terms yeah, of, like, audience. Yeah, but he's but he's been in like a mix, I think, of both. Like he's been in like critically acclaimed movies, and he's been in Inception, other things. Dark Knight Rises, Star Trek yeah. Nemesis. Isn't he Bane? He is. He right. is Bane. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Zordon, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't digitally altered. I just covered my face with my hands. <laughs> Genius. Um, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, he was in Star Trek Nemesis, which is uh, interesting. If you ever watch Star Trek Nemesis to watch Tom Hardy trying to be a clone of Captain Picard, then uh, you'll love it. Noted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not so sure he's well known, that well known. But you know, maybe he is. I'm. I'm happy to be proven wrong on that one. Well, um, I think he is. So. That's my. That's my hypothesis. Tom Hardy. People might not have been aware where this kind of fit in amongst all of the rest of the superhero movies. If Even if they knew he was a Marvel character, would they be like, okay, I'm casual enough that I have been to see some Avengers films and maybe I like Iron Man. Uh, so let's let's go and see Venom, because where does that fit in this whole thing? And then they're like, wait a minute. No <laughs> do you think, um, do you think putting in association with Marvel in the trailer got people in the cinema? <laughs> yes. <laughs> because I... you see Marvel, you're like, wait, MCU, that seems to track. I don't. I don't think the people who are going, oh, I've seen Iron Man and none of the others are going to be like, oh, I'm going to go see Venom. I think it's the people who are like, yeah, everyone those loves Spider Man. People almost don't exist anymore. No, everyone <laughs> loves Spider Man. Like we've talked about this. You love Spider Man. I think I'm like the only person who has ever differed in that. J. Jonah Jameson does not like Spider Man. <laughs> who? Who? Doesn't matter. Okay, anyway, the publisher of the Daily Bugle. <laughs> Oh. He hates Spider-Man, <laughs> but he wants pictures of him. So there we go. So, yeah, there we go. Anyway, everyone loves Spider-Man. Everyone goes, oh, Venom. Venom doesn't. Spider-Man. I'm going to go see Venom, because they think it's part of the whole Spider-Man. And then everyone's like, where's Spider-Man? What's this got to do with Spider-Man? And then we're like, oh, it's an Origins movie. So where in this film, or in the marketing of this film, do you ever get the idea that Spider-Man will have anything to do with this? Because it's Venom. Yeah, but most people... He, you know, his whole appearance like, is based on Spider-Man. Yeah, but also, we um, we don't. Well, we know that, right? But there's so many people that won't have heard of Venom and won't know what the connection is. There'll yeah, be so many people that only know Spider-Man like Spider-Man. through. The, but he doesn't. Not in the film, he doesn't. But he's been. I mean, Venom's appeared in Spider-Man movies already. So he's appeared course, in one of them. That you know, you've got. There's a big generational gap between people that what you know between certainly young people that will watch Spider-Man three. Or they'll watch the MCU and Spider-Man three. Like the 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 pre MCU Spider-Man films have probably haven't been watched by a, a vast chunk of people at this point. So I think they have because they're so hilarious. Slow plus, tear for Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Plus, at Aww. no point in Spider-Man three is he ever referred to as Venom. Is that correct? Yeah, because nothing will rhyme with it. <laughs> it was a uh, Snow Patrol that did the song for that one. They couldn't find a rhyming couplet <laughs> for Venom. <laughs> Oh my god! Wow! Oh, yeah, jeez. Um, That's something I, yeah. we didn't talk about during our Spider-Man Three podcast. No <laughs> patrol song. Oh my god! Do you think Eminem helped Venom be the movie that it is, like getting the crowds? Because 
I think the biggest promotional material for this is the fact that Eminem dropped a new album and it's got a song yeah. for the movie on it. It was a massive release. And it was a huge release and I think people are going to be like, they're going to be singing Venom, nom, 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 nom. And they're going to be like, all right, I'm going to go see that movie. But there's, um, yeah, there's a lot of like, I mean, there's nothing objective about it, but there's a lot of terrible films that make a lot of money and no one can figure out why. I don't think Venom I think it's is an, terrible. I think it's an amalgamation of all of those things, like yeah. we mentioned. So the the marketing, the soundtrack, the people who are in it, mm-hmm. the fact that Marvel films have been doing really well recently, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's like all kind of leads what, up to this. What Chris said. Like, and let's not forget word of mouth. It. Let's not forget word of mouth. You should go see Venom. It's not as bad as it looks. <laughs> <laughs> that that'll be on the poster. It'll be on the DVD cover. Yeah. Not yeah. not as bad as it looks. <laughs> Bleeding cool, or whoever says that. You know. What was the certificate for this film? Fifteen, 15 here, PG thirteen yeah. in the US. Right. So, like all those kids who need to get their parents to take them to the cinema, that's like double the ticket price because you've got mm, a, a yeah. parent who's completely Clever disinterested marketing. having to take them along. Yeah. And like my the dad after um, after the Power Rangers movie. Like, oh, I wish he hadn't. I wish I hadn't seen that. You know, but, but I was loving it. But, be... but think of all the money they lose from all those little kids on top of each other's shoulders and big long coats trying to get in as an adult. <laughs> yeah, but they, they build that into their calculations. Yeah. Um, or all the kids that buy tickets for whatever animated Drek is out that week and go and sneak into the Venom screening instead. Yeah. I it would maybe I wonder what it would mean like if Venom had been like an eighteen because there's some really brutal goings on. There's a suggestion movie. of brutal goings on, but never quite the. the like when they're like, "Oh my god, he just ate his head." Yeah, but you don't see that. Yeah, you do. You see him eat someone's head. You see, you see a bit of blood splatter, and you see the sort of shadow of someone getting devoured, but you don't oh, really sorry. see. You don't really see anything happening or, that way. Or there's it's a like, bit at the end where he eats that guy in the convenience store, and he completely disappears in the next shot. Oh yeah, I think I read something <laughs> about that. Like, there's no no trace of them. Yeah, yeah. So, we don't know. I guess is a short answer. It's just good question, that? Jordan. Good question, Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Where does all that material? Oh, that was a question. That's right. What was it? Well, how did it make so much money? And we're back at the beginning of the question. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we I move on to the next the question? Was. Yeah. And uh, we actually have uh, an extra question that I've forgotten about, so that's cool. Yeah, I'll throw that in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the next question is from Isaac. <laughs> You know, oh, hi, someone Isaac. who's on this podcast, whose whose idea was this podcast? Where yeah, where, where where is Isaac on the podcast that he created? He is visiting his family. Do they not have internet at his family? I, I don't know. He might be on a train <laughs> right now. He's so slacking, he slacking off as Isaac. Yeah, turn up for podcast. Hello, Isaac. Pushing for this podcast but, too. But he was asking, what is our dream casting for all these Spider-Man villain solo films that are going to come out that don't feature Spider-Man? So, we've already got Morbius, who is Jared Leto, and I can't wait for that. Uh, Craven has been announced. Um, and, you know, there's just some fun ideas of, of what you could have. You could have a Doctor Octopus solo film that has nothing to do with Spider-Man. Who's ever played Mysterio? Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal will be playing Mysterio <gasps> in the next Spider-Man movie. You're loving that. Oh, my Jared God. Jared Leto, Jake Gyllenhaal combo. <laughs> I feel like I'm in, like... I feel like I'm becoming a Spider-Man villains fan. Oh, wait. I think it was that already. This is amazing. Well, so... I don't know who I would like to play Craven because I don't care about that character. Who's Craven? 
He's Craven the Hunter. Is he the one that lives in, um... Where does he live in the game? Elm Street. <laughs> anyway, where does he live? I don't know what game you're referring to. Who does he live? So. You're the talking from the specifically about the Mega Drive. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> there was the Bell Tower, the Sand Pit, the Sewers, um, probably n- the Trippy World that, that Mysterio was in. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, Craven the Hunter wants to hunt Spider-Man because he wants a challenge and that's it. But he won't be wanting to hunt Spider-Man because he'll be in a film where there will be no Spider-Man. So, I don't know. I reckon they'll hire someone like John Cena or something like that. No, no, no. I don't even know anything about this and I'm disagreeing with that. Batista. No, I think it won't be somebody that big and muscly. It'll be somebody um, tall. Go on. And built, but not, um, not like humongous. Someone tall. <gasps> Keanu Reeves. The big show. The big show. <laughs> We're just, can, just, can it's Keanu just all going to be wrestling. <laughs> no, he can't. Why not? See someone else? No, it's just, he, I don't think he could be a good, I don't think anybody would be a good Craven. I don't think it's okay. possible to do a good Craven. I think he's a terrible character. If we can get Nicolas Cage and, uh, and Keanu Reeves on board, then I'm sold. What about the guy? Octopus? Oh, you have a suggestion for Craven? Yeah, I was thinking uh, the guy that played the hunter in the first Jumanji film. He's a bit old, isn't he? <laughs> he, he is, he is a bit old. He is a bit old, but I think it would be a different. It would be a different oh, no, style. It's, not him. it's the guy who's the actual dad. With like, the massive mustache and like a musket. That that's what I want is Craven the hunter. <laughs> Fetch me musket. You know, I think if I think if they're going to do them different, like they've done in this film, why not rock the boat a bit? <laughs> why not? Yeah, why not? Um, there, there's a villain called the Spot, and he's a he's rubbish. But he makes little portals, but he's rubbish. So that'll be you know, like John C. Riley or something. No, they would. They would. I think they would probably like. They'd probably take it far too seriously and try and get Fassbender or someone involved. <gasps> He'd be Mysterio if it wasn't Jake Gyllenhaal. Well, it's Jake Gyllenhaal, so you know. I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah, uh, Doc Ock. I actually would love Paul Giamatti to be Doc Ock. Why can't Meadow Street mm, be one of them? Too rhinoey. Too too rhinoey. <laughs> yeah, no, I think he'd be a great Doc Ock. When I was actually playing the new Spider-Man game on the PS4, I was thinking Paul Giamatti. Going Jim Carrey in full Edward Enigma here. Uh, he doesn't do that. <laughs> What's the name of that guy that I like? That name I always forget, and he's really cute. And he was in um, My Name Is Earl. And he's Phoebe's brother. What's his name? Giovanni, Giovanni Ribisi. Ribisi. Get him involved! <laughs> Get him involved. Yeah. I like him a lot, but I just always forget his name. As Craven the Hunter. Sold. Right. Good. Make it so. Yeah. Uh, there'll be a Norman Osborn solo film that would be just some kind of business drama. Just mm. some kind Boring. of boardroom drama. It would just be terrible. <laughs> Tom Hanks. Ryan. There we go. Tom, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks as Norman Osborn. <laughs> yes. Oh, that'd be brilliant. Especially when he becomes the Green Goblin and then has no one to fight. No, but no, we've already got the Green Goblin. No, we don't. The four, right? I'm something of a scientist myself. That was a that was a two universes <laughs> ago. Oh, I can't keep up, Spider Man. And we we had a Norman Osborn in the Amazing Spider Man as well. Well, the Amazing Spider Man too. Can Chris I, Cooper. Can, Mm-hmm. Can they mm-hmm. cast me as one of the villains? Because I feel like I detest Spider-Man enough that I could really um, get behind the role. <laughs> uh, sure. 
I say that, but I do like the new Spider-Man. But then you'll find yourself in a universe where Spider-Man doesn't exist, and you're like, ah, what do I do? Yeah, your life's work is complete. Ah. (laughs) Before she even began. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Just like the Millennial Falcon. If he doesn't do anything, he can't mess up. Oh, sadly. <laughs> uh, the other one that Isaac suggested was a young Aunt May film, which is I don't know. It's just some, a young just <laughs> film about young Aunt May. <laughs> oh, that should be the title as well. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. My thinking is Taylor Swift. Why not? Why don't they just do a Who Killed Uncle Ben? Why does anyone care about these people if the their nephew's not Columbo. even around? In the, in the style of Columbo. Could be like a... Get Peter Falk back from the dead. Maybe he's well, a zombie. Well, see, um, see uh, Uncle Ben, or he would just be known as Ben because he's no one's uncle yet. Uh, he would be in the Young Aunt May film and it would be about the meeting and getting together and about how much, how very much alive Ben is by the end of it. Nah, do like a... Who killed Uncle Ben in the style of Ghost? The musical. <laughs> I'm thinking like CSI Spider Man, you could spin it out as a TV show. Yeah. 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 Christmas special. Then you have Law and Order Spider Man towards the end, you know, once they're all processes <laughs> got in court, you know. It's like, you know, I, I think this whole Disney streaming service has got uh, a long way to go. Yeah. Making a Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> so who would you cast as young Aunt May? Anyone else? I mean, I say Taylor Swift, but I don't know. Nicholas Cage. Idris Elba. Idris Elba. <laughs> well, we've covered all the basics. Yeah. Stop, stop typecasting, Aunt May. That's it. Yeah, I think it's she time that Idris Elba had a turn. She doesn't have to be a young woman. She could be a middle-aged black man. Why not? Exactly. Now that's forward thinking. Don't call him middle-aged. I'm offended by that. But he is middle-aged. <laughs> He's, uh, Denzel um, Washington. Oh. <laughs> so that's too far. Liam Neeson. Um, I knew he'd get mentioned. Get him too far. <laughs> 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 yeah. What's um, the next question? Swip, swip. Well, that was just uh, we're on the casting thing. But if no one else had anything else to say about Spider-Man villain solo film casting, then we can move on to the next question. Thanks for your question, Isaac. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Isaac, for not being here. Yeah, when we hope to idea? talk with you soon. Okay, so the next one is uh, unfortunately the question that always gets asked. So Ronnie uh, has asked us, how does he go to the toilet and where does it all go? Is this Ronnie asking for himself? I don't know. (laughs) Ronnie, you need help. How does does Venom go to the toilet? Oh, Venom. He's an alien. We're not familiar with alien practices. Well, one of the um, one of the Definitions of life is that they excrete, so you know. He just reaches a tendril out into the nearest midden, and uh... see what I'm thinking is he can. I mean, when he has a host, the host can then use a toilet. Yeah, he uses he uses Tom Hardy, but he also consumes like massive quantities of like energy, human beef. Yeah, because like, Um, where does that whole person go when he's like? How does the mass work? Is it that Inside, is it like in in Discworld where you go inside like Death's house, but it's much larger inside than it is from the outside because of like Raj physics? Is that the, Tom like Hardy's the TARDIS? Body? Well, the symbiote's able to fit in between a tiny dog 
and a human male and a human female. So, you know, like he, he can he can be whatever size he he wants to be somehow. Like, no, it's but like I mean Play-Doh. like but all the matter that he's consumed, how does he condense that down to um do you know what I mean? If he consumes That's, a whole a whole person, it's like a snake with a, Hardy, the shape of a goat inside. And then he moves to a dog. <laughs> how does he take that? How does he take that matter with him, or does that stay in Tom Hardy? And then does that mean that Tom Hardy has the equivalent of a whole person's I, matter inside of them? I I think it it melts down somehow and converts into energy. There we go. Let's like just power like, blasts or something. Yeah, sure. Why not? I've got no idea. It's it's film and TV science. I've got no idea. And Tom Hardy is just a toilet, as far as Venom's concerned. No, he's not. They become friends. You can be friends with your toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he wasn't calling him a loser. (laughs) He wasn't calling him a loser, he was calling him a loo. He just sort of added extra uh, letters. On my planet, I'm kind of a loo, sir. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of a loo, sir. Um, Was that us on the poop question? Um, I think that's as long as we want to dwell on it. Yeah, is it much. is it though that he the next one is so much Tom worse. Hardy's asshole? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Then the yeah. answer is that for whoever asked that question. Thank you, Ronnie. Thank you, Ronnie. Yeah. So the next one is from another contributor to the podcast, Kat. She has asked, and this question's horrifying, especially since I did some research on it yesterday. Can't wish I hadn't. <clears throat> so this is the exact wording. On a scale from definitely not to hell yeah, where do you all stand on the monster fucker spectrum? What? What? Craig, you're up first. <laughs> Wait, you did research on this? <laughs> I didn't know what it was, so I had to find out. What is uh, it? Like, it, what? how hot it is, is the monster? That, it is that on the internet, there are people yeah. that have gone on record saying that they are aroused by Venom in some way, and then go into detail about what they would like Venom to do to them. Wait, and so how does the zero to, how does the definitely not to yeah, how does well, that... Would you, are you here for that sort of thing, or is it not for you, I think is, is what's being asked. Alright, let think... me go on the record of going, not for me, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's not for me either. I was reading up on it yesterday and I was horrified. And like doing it with Play-Doh or Silly Putty. No, thank you. <laughs> With teeth, by the way, well, it's got there's, teeth. There's all sorts of there's all sorts of theories on certain things that Venom could do. Some people quite like the idea of uh, of uh, being involved with Venom while Eddie Brock was asleep because it was the danger of being caught by Eddie Brock. <laughs> Man, you've crossed over. <laughs> oh. wow. I'd probably let Venom take me on a nice date, but when it when it came to sharing an ice cream and just seeing how he was going at it with that tongue I'd be like that's it Venom no more I, I think uh, people are into the tongue as well I think yeah I be, nah, as soon as I saw that nah you're not coming near me with that <laughs> no idea where it's been yeah <laughs> he just gets a triple scoop ice cream and devours it in yeah. one lick that's all it would take for me to you know that's no it. I'm out I'm out yep. that's... <laughs> you can say no at any time and I'm saying no <laughs> Natalie, do you have thoughts on this spectrum? I do. I do. I can. I get it. I understand why. Um, 
why people think that. But then I've also seen The Shape of Water. Were there were there illustrations that were like Venom, but as the monster from The Shape of Water? I think if I dug further into it than I wanted to, there would have been. But I think she's asking you to send her your links to these. <laughs> Uh, just I can do my it. own research. Just Google it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is interesting. And also, like, I imagine, I mean, how have we never had this question before? Because we haven't talked about Venom before. Oh, he is well, a we have. beast. So, like, <laughs> I understand. Come on, like, when, when Venom takes on um, the female form, were you not like, I'm Jenna Klein? Damn no, I was heels. more. I was more. Uh, I was just it, that didn't cross my mind. I was just like, yeah, we'll get to that later. We'll get to the reasons that I was annoyed. Well, I wasn't annoyed. We get to the reasons I was confused by that moment later on. Mm. <laughs> my head's gone completely blank. Who played that again? Michelle Williams. That's right, and I really like her. Or a rendering that. software, in that in that particular case. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So thanks, Cat, for that question. I want to know what Kat thinks about this. I want to know her answer. So. And be sure when she's next on our podcast. And then we'll yeah. 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 Do you, do you want an audio thing of Cat's opinion? No, I want to I want to bring it up another time. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, you're listening to Triple X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you waited to say that? That was straight off the dome. Straight off the dome. As soon as can, that you, can you imagine? What, what about like a Venom chat line? You know, like one of these sort of uh, <laughs> premium rate phone lines. Call 1 800 Venom. Yeah, call 1 800 Venom. Uh, you know. I hope Marvel are listening because this is something they should employ for their next outing. And it's not Marvel, is it? Who is it that did this? It's presented so, by Marvel. Sony. Brought to you by Sony, Sony yeah. in association with Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was uh, that was my four questions that I had. Yeah. Um, Chris, what is the question that you got a hold of? Okay, this one is from Suzanne. Suzanne says, "Hello, team. Uh, Venom has always been portrayed as a Hi. villain. Have they turned him into a hero totally?" I'm going to say no, because he's very much an anti-hero in this film. Although, no, he's not he really that guys. either. But he's not, um, he's not actually always a villain in the comics. Eddie Brock went after Spider-Man because he hates Spider-Man, but he uh. becomes like the Punisher uh, eventually. So he goes around just killing people that, that do bad things. You know, like he starts to do in this film. Uh, so, no, he's not a villain. Totally. Yeah, and he doesn't I'm, hate Spider-Man because he has no idea who he is. This yeah. is what really confused me about the whole movie because the whole time I was like, I I had one idea of what Venom was and who he was as a character. You were hitting C on the joypad to throw web at Venom and you're just like, why isn't this working? My idea of who he was didn't match with the story that was portrayed and... And I really struggled to accept it because I was like, when's this part, like, when's it going to happen that we see this side of him? When, how does he, and the whole time I was like, how does he become a baddie? When it seems like the host is questing for truth and justice and loses a lot trying to bring that to the front. And it seems like Venom 
gets easily persuaded to just consume bad guys. So I was like, how... I left being like, how does he become such a bad guy in Spider-Man? Because you're not left with that impression when you leave the movie. You're like... He's, well, he, it seems like he should be a hero. In all versions of Venom that exist because of Spider-Man, you have the fact that Eddie Brock hates Spider-Man. Why? Uh, because in most versions he ruins his life or career in some way, or Eddie Brock thinks that Spider-Man's ruined his life or career in some way. Well, in this origin story, he ruined it himself, or his fiance did. didn't stand by yeah. him, so... Yeah, I mean, that's a separate thing. I'm talking about the sort of original yeah. villainous version. So what you've got is Eddie Brock has a chip on his shoulder because he hates Spider-Man for the reasons that, that I stated. And then the symbiote doesn't much like Peter Parker either because Peter tried to kill him or kill it by getting rid of it. So what you have is you have two entities that bond over their hatred of one person. Mm. and then go on a revenge mission. But once they kind of get over it, they decide to go back to whatever it was that Eddie Brock is supposed to stand for in the first place, which is a later edition. And he goes and essentially becomes the Punisher with spider powers. That first part sounds like quite a good basis for a character, but if you don't have that... Well, then you've got this film. Then you've got this. <laughs> with the confusing... <laughs> I don't know if he's a goodie or a baddie or... Yeah. I'm sorry, Susanna, I'm just confused. Yeah, I mean, see, my my thing is, I agree with Craig. It's like in the comics and in other cartoons. things, in cartoons and such, he's not always a villain. He normally starts as a bit of a villain and then ends up a bit of an anti-hero. And in this, in this, he's just confusing because there are a lot of dead SWAT team members out there at the moment. <laughs> um, so there's no way you can go, well, no one was harmed in the making of this. Um, so yeah, there's <laughs> it's not ideal um, the way the the put him here, and then Venom's you know if you take Venom as a separate character from Eddie, it goes through a apparent complete mindset change. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, in, without any explanation, well, yeah. a two sentence thing that I'm like, why not give her a, give yeah. us a visual? I've, I've I've looked into your head and I've decided I'm not going to kill all humans now. I'm going to kill all my people because. That's what I do now. What are you yeah. talking about? He climbed a tall building and saw a bridge. That was enough to Yeah, there, yeah, that was it. That was was that meant to be the moment? Was that the the moment there? Well I everyone just kind of flips on this where, you know, like mm-hmm. Michelle Williams sees Venom Eddie doing horrific things and then when she needs to go and find him, she's just like, Oh yeah, I'll bond with that symbiote, that'll be fine. And that's kind of where I'm confused by a lot of it, because pe- people behave very strangely, you know, they 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 witness things or they see things or they don't really kind of have any kind of consistent approach to any of it. We're just desensitized by everything. Yeah. No. Um so so I guess the answer to the question is this film doesn't really do that, but Venom isn't typically just a villain in the comics or other adaptations. He's much more than that. But I didn't know Spider-Man. that. Like it's weird. I didn't I didn't know that about that character. So it sounds like the film's been pretty faithful to how he's portrayed in all of these things, but for me, the portrayal that I've ever been acquainted with is that he's a villain, and so it was different to yeah. what I expected this to well, be. Well, in, in broad strokes, if you look at the Spider-Man 3 version of the character, he's very much the the version I was talking about. Eddie Brock hates Peter Parker, yeah, uh, and the symbiote also hates Peter Parker because, you know, tried to kill it with a loud noise makes mm-hmm. you makes you hate someone they mm-hmm. come together 
and their shared hatred of Peter Parker means that they have the wherewithal to go try kill him. Yeah. Yeah. But in the comics, eventually he decides that, you know what, Peter Parker ain't worth it, and then he goes off and, and does his own thing. He just decides to get away from him. It's the next best thing. But um, And then eventually you get sort of different hosts for Venom, Flash Thompson being one of them, uh, some military guy, uh, Scorpion at one point, which was a bit weird. So, you know, like the the Venom's motivations can change depending on who he mm. it bonds with, I guess. I really, but, I really like the character. Um, yeah, I really like that. I just, I wish the movie had been better. And if you reach him on the Sega Mega Drive in the boss battle, press up, down, left, right, start any together, he flips and becomes a goodie. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, essentially what happens in this film, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird though. They should have had at least like one sunset or sunrise scene where they sat down together and decided that the world is good. It's like, you know, like, oh, now that I know that love exists, you should be saved. Like the fifth element. Yeah. So, Suzanne, hopefully that answers your question. I'm not convinced it does, but hopefully it does. Thank you, Suzanne, for the question. <laughs> Chris, hit the music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No. <laughs> I want that to be the closing yeah. song for this. <laughs> so... Yeah, we've already started talking about Eddie Brock as a character. Um, <laughs> Eddie Brock. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that guy, Tom Hardy. Um, I mean, I put in the the show or I put in the agenda his arc. I wouldn't say he really has one. He'd, I wouldn't say that Eddie actually learns anything. I mean, he goes and you know he gets um, assigned the story of going to speak to Riz Ahmed, and then he goes to his company. And his boss somehow sends him because even though he knows that Eddie's a loose cannon and will probably make an arse of it in some way by saying something that isn't what they want from a just a, a puff piece kind of thing. <laughs> but as soon as he gets there, he's like, so you made this massive company and, and what about all those people you killed? Tell me about them. It's like, what? I mean, it's, what did he think was going to happen? Well, it was at that point where I thought the film might have had some kind of message you know it was it was kind of driving at corporations exploiting people exploiting the poor and and how the Riz Ahmed character yeah just didn't care about the well-being of the people that he was testing on things and he was willing to step on anyone to to get ahead and to drive his discoveries but as I was kind of absorbing that at the beginning it all just kind of disappeared again as as, uh, it devolved into another film altogether I think yeah well you have that montage at the start of Eddie doing his like good Samaritan news reporting where it's like look at him he's a crusader for the innocent and he you know he likes justice or finding justice and corruption and and all that stuff and then he goes to this this you know this guy and says to him so what about all these people that you might have killed um yeah it just it it feels kind of a stupid thing to do because he I got the impression in that montage that he had proof to tell the story and the other things, but it doesn't seem like he's got that here. He just accuses him openly. And then but he does have proof, but he can't bring it up because he broke into his girlfriend's computer to find it. Oh, yeah, but, sure, but surely it would be better doing your puff piece and then slowly investigating what you know is happening, gathering your evidence, you know, because you know, you know at that point that the story's true. You've just got to find evidence that isn't on your girlfriend's laptop. Yeah, the montage did, laptop, you know? did make it seem like he was, you know, 
a good journalist and he was basing all this on, on his research and his uh, yeah. investigations and then yeah like you say he just kind of uh, turns his back on all that and thinks right career it's because he has down the toilet and we're back to toilets again he has um, <laughs> he had broken he got the information and then he was like I can't tell you how I got the information just believe me and he doesn't bring up the fiance but somehow the fiance's company finds out she gets fired he gets fired well, it's because there's like, no other way yeah. he could have known that. It was he like a classified like, document. Well, yeah, but he should have just been like, well, it's gone too far. I'm just going to say what it is. I got it from this. This is it. And instead, he lost everything. He did. And um, I actually quite liked it when... I can't even remember the guy's name. Riz Ahmed's character. IMDb. Back Carlton Drake. One. Carlton Drake. Uh, he says to Eddie, have a nice life. Then his boss says, have a nice life. Um... And conspiracy. I feel like that's the slogan of the Life Foundation, though. They have a nice life, and it's like, but I like the whole "I'm about to ruin your life" undertone to it. And then when his boss says it, that's like, yeah, this guy got you fired. And then what I was expecting Michelle Williams, Anne, to say was also have a nice life when she like took her <laughs> engagement, <laughs> on, but she didn't. But Venom really, or Venom, or Eddie, or they. Really got, really got him back at the end when he said, "Have a nice life." So you know, wait for that to pay off. Yeah, he'd been holding on to that one for a while. <laughs> or was it a while? I mean, how long? What's the timeline of this film? Like three, four days. <laughs> <laughs> so Eddie, um, yeah, there's just not much to him really, and there's not much definition to him. His character changes to meet the needs of the scene. I think he also has a really nice apartment for someone that has no money. Well, he doesn't. Do you know what I mean? Especially on San Francisco prices. Yeah. I mean, he's. I I get exactly what you're saying that he kind of switches character depending on what scene he's in. I think when he's joint with a symbiote and that sort of frantic, maybe twenty minutes worth of the film where he's figuring out what's wrong with him. You know, sitting in a a pool full of lobsters, <laughs> and I think, you know, I think is some of the the most fun the fun stuff that he does. But I agree that the character, the way the character's written, is just all over the shop. It's like he's surely he's not got to where he is as an investigative journalist, <laughs> you know, by just sort of marching in somewhere and confronting them <laughs> direct to their face and going, So you killed lots of people, you know. How many stories did that work on in the past? And that's why I mean and about then, the tone as well, is it feels like there's that kind of body horror thing going on, but then it's in some some ways it's played for laughs and in others it's it's supposed to be this massive transformation that he's going through I, I thought it was going to be more of this like on you know he would fall unconscious and when he'd wake up there'd be a dead body or some body parts or you know even the stuff when he's going through the flat and he's eating everything out of the garbage and, and then throwing up and I thought there was going to be this weird like you say this this body horror sort of there's something inside me and it's wrong and I don't know what's going on and I've, the voice and the head I thought they were going to just play out for a lot longer um, but yeah it's, it's I, as much as I found all these bits of the character really really weird there was something about the way Tom Hardy did it that was kind of a little bit fun in places mm-hmm. and that's why I don't want to go full on saying that the character was awful because there was some little oh, sort yeah, of fun when he, bits when he jumps in a lobster tank and just starts chowing down that's that's brilliant it's just so so insane and uh, just some of the, the the little things he does in certain scenes where he's just where he's just acting like a crazy person 
Uh, I love all that. Just storming into a restaurant, interrupting his ex fiance's dinner with her <laughs> new bland boyfriend. Who's yeah. takes it all quite well, that guy. Just, <laughs> I think you've got a parasite. That, <laughs> is it supposed to be talking to me? Or am I supposed to be able to jump up to the top of a tall tree? It's like, well, you know, different <laughs> symptoms exist for these sorts of things. So who knows? <laughs> what do you guys think would have made it better? Like, what could it have done? A second that, act. That would have helped. That we would have been like, do you know what? That was great. I think if they'd decided what kind of film they wanted to make, so if they wanted to make some kind of body horror creature feature thing and then just rolled with it the whole way through, then oh. that would have been something. Or if you really wanted to make it a buddy comedy about a boy in a symbiote, do that. <laughs> you know, but just pick something and run with Never it. Never the twain shall meet. Yeah, that was it. And I was, um, I was actually more into the whole banter back and forth between Eddie and the symbiote. Because I think it was... Apparently a lot of it was ad-libbed, which makes sense because the rest of the dialogue's atrocious. So, you know, <laughs> the uh, the fact that Tom Hardy's making it up as he goes along and doing the voice of both characters is just, you know, they riff off each other so well. Yeah, and I think that he's probably just nuts enough to be able to pull that off. I, I mean, Tom Hardy, the actor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's kind of one of these... He's supposed to be pretty intense and, and gets pretty involved in his roles, so that I think he was well cast for that for playing that particular aspect of this role. Yeah. So if they just stuck with something and told that story, but they were just telling three or four different things, and mm. and none of it really coalesced into anything coherent. You know, it was just... Just stuff kept happening. More and more stuff. It's like, now in this scene he's doing this, and, you know... Um, oh, look, it's time to visit the newspaper so you can drop off this USB stick or whatever the hell it is. Um, they, oh, no, is it... A file, I can't remember. It's something. He drops something off and says, do the right thing. And then there's, you know, there's, there's that great bit where uh, Venom says, jump out the window. And then the next thing, he's pressing the button for the elevator and just pussy is all that he says. <laughs> Stuff like that, but it was really good. But it's like the, it's just the, all these weird little diversions. Just didn't go anywhere. For me, it just would have been like it could have been so much better if they just worked a little bit more in the relationship between Venom and Brock, because I just feel like they jumped really key important bits, like we mentioned earlier. You know, and Venom's mind change about uh, wanting to destroy the Earth with his fellow alien friends, and I'm just like if they just spent a little bit more time and not rushed it or cut bits out so much. It just well, would have whole... been a bit more convincing because it lacked that sort of genuine connection between the two. And you, I wanted it to work, but well, the whole development of the, you know, the the Venom look, it happens in a single scene. So you have all that throwing up and eating frozen potato things, all that stuff, and then suddenly people attack. There's tendrils. There's a bike chase, and then he just becomes the big, gorillaish beast. Mm. He eats someone. He buggers off. Venom's like, I want to destroy the planet. I want access to that spaceship that's about to launch um, so I can bring all my gooey friends back and chill down on planet Earth. Um, and then the next thing you know, it's actually I kind of like this planet. I'm going to help you save it. It's like, there's just complete lack of a second act. Like The se- the first act is sort of him getting to the, that point where he's like infected. 
and then act two should be about him getting used to that whole thing and then but it just takes place over like three or four minutes and it just and then suddenly you're in the climax of the film and but then you're this weird bit with an MRI machine where mm. yeah and mm. I did not like that bike chase <laughs> no actually no. I thought that was the best part I thought it was quite well done you thought that about Star Trek as well <laughs> anytime there's a bike <laughs> I, I could feel myself just thinking oh, this is just action for action's sake they're just throwing things in here I, 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 I thought, thought it was the, the most bike... kinetic sequence in the film though that's not saying much no, no. I, I, thought, I thought the bike chase was okay. My only thing about it was it was slightly too long. It was like once they had done a few sort of tricks using the symbiote and the bike to sort of manoeuvre in ways that would normally be possible, you're like, okay, I get it, that's quite cool. And then that should have been enough. But it went on for just, you know, about ten minutes too long, it felt like. Precisely. Was that bit where they had to stop at the lights to let Ant-Man go past on his, like, flatbed truck? <laughs> That joke did not land. <laughs> you can edit in laughter later. <laughs> I can. I'll just edit in riots laughter. It's like, where did that Wembley crowd come from? <laughs> they were here the whole time yeah. in front of our live studio yeah. audience. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. The, the bike chase is the only bit I really remember that fondly, you know. And then, but it does end with him just becoming Venom uh, in terms of the visual, and then eating some guy's face um, while listing off the ingredients of a human being he jumped into the harbour swam across and then made a call on his mobile phone and I was just thinking does the symbiote preserve his uh, possessions my phone's waterproof oh right in that case half an hour it's seamless maybe maybe Um, Venom's maybe waterproof no he's not because because Eddie was soaking afterwards Ah, thank you Craig (laughs) Don't you remember that important detail where where Anne says, "Eddie, you're soaking wet." He's just got a Huawei P20 Pro. It's so it's so he could change into that t-shirt or hoodie or whatever it was he was wearing um, when they did the reshoots. They needed a scene for that, apparently. Well, they probably should have had product placement for the phone, the waterproof phone, the Sony waterproof phone. Yeah. No one uses devices that aren't Sony in this film. Why? Just like ah, every Sony film. Because it is made by Sony. Yeah. Yes, and uh, this Black Friday, get your Sony MRI machine. <laughs> Half price at Argos. Half price at Argos, yeah. Or Best well, we Buy don't, if you're We don't need listening. to buy them here because we've got the NHS, but maybe in America. <laughs> Wouldn't you just like an MRI machine anyway? You know? no, don't they like, kill you? I feel like a brain scan this morning, see how it's going in there. I don't know. Maybe best not to check. But if you've got symbiote, it will be very harmful to it. True. So, yeah. So Eddie is... I don't know, there's potential there, but but you never get a sense of who he is or what he really stands for, other than, my life was ruined because I was an idiot and therefore feel sorry for me. I do feel sorry for him because he just wants to bring a little bit of justice into this unjust world. Yeah, but there are ways of doing it. And going into someone's office and saying, you kill people, probably not the best way to oh, do Oh, look, right. He goes in a little headstrong, but sometimes you can't dance around these things. And I admire his audacity to go in and do that. Obviously, it just doesn't work out well for him because he doesn't have the support of a partner or... Um, yeah, if he had a more supportive partner, things could have been different for him. He did get her fired. Yeah, but if 
she could have chosen to leave such a terrible company that was doing really horrible dealings. Do you know what I mean? She was aware of really terrible stuff. She didn't well, she hadn't read her emails yet, so... <laughs> no, but it was something she about, might have resigned on the spot. It was, something, <laughs> it was something that she was aware of, though. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Anne is a very problematic character. Mm-hmm. Like, I just wondered why she was there half the time. Just running around. I think we've explained why. Yeah. For those plot reasons. Yeah, it's, you know... You, but there's nothing to her. She's just sort of there. Not her fault. Well, it, no, of course not. No, it's the fault of the writing and the fact that Michelle Williams agreed to be in this thing when she's mm-hmm. been in so much better stuff is. It makes you wonder, like, what? How did they convince these people? You know, these. Yeah. Stars of Dawson's yeah. Creek. <laughs> well, that's no, it. but I did. I did wonder that because it takes it takes Michelle Williams. I think most of the movie to feel comfortable in that in that role if you can see she was comfortable but to start it's just very unlike previous roles we've seen played I felt like she was trying to be Pepper Potts you know that kind of like lovely feminine type side character that we've seen in other comic book stories and uh, and it takes a lot of the movie before she kind of moves out of that. But even the way she talks is different, yeah. you know? She, I know it's she's like, an actor, but it's just not right. She's like MJ in the, the Raimi Spider-Man film. She's not a character, she's a character's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. That, or, mm-hmm. Well, not even <laughs> for most of the film, but um, I found she, that character very pointless. She's she's just there to provide like a, a motivation and a risk. That's that's like the the role there and there's not there's not really anything else other than that he needs to be jilted and in a place where you're like oh nothing's gone right for him so they you know the fiance's got to go to give the the you know the lead character their motivation to be even more upset even more fed up and then it's something to aim for you know i'm gonna win my girlfriend back at the end sort of thing and i mean how how she ends up at the end? I know I'm kind of going into plot bits more than uh, a character thing at this point. I've got no idea how she works out how to get into um, the rocket launch control center and how she learns how to work the PA system. <laughs> how how did it. she do that? When did she learn to do that? Anyone? Anyway, any any answers? It? I, f- I feel. I feel. There's. I feel. There's. How they knew how oh. to work the PA system. Or how, 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 how did how did that she happen? She tells you. She knows how to fight dirty. That that that's that's very true. And maybe she beat up loads and loads and loads of people. But she is then standing in some sort of like, not secret control room, but you imagine slightly more secure control room. At yeah. some point at the end, I. I it's bits like this in films where I go, right, there's a massive time jump somewhere in here. <laughs> or or there's some kick-ass action scene that has just happened where she's beating up a load of people on her way in. Well, I think most of the people in that facility were dead at that point. Oh, they've run out. <laughs> they've run away, but that is a big building. That, yeah. that's, that's, that's not, like, only 20 people operating that whole building. Could be. Um, at that time of night, you know. I don't know. Um, the, the, that whole part at the end where, yeah, 
where she's becomes she venom and all that stuff. It's really yeah. It's, it annoys me because I mean I alluded to this earlier. Something about it annoyed me. So in this film, symbiosis or true symbiosis was a very difficult thing. Like not it couldn't be achieved by just anyone until you know, it's not. Uh, yeah. yeah, all these subjects uh-huh. died, and then turns out for whatever reason Eddie Brock is the perfect genetic match for the Venom symbiote. Don't know why he just is. Mm-hmm. And then what you've got is you've got Anne Weying bonded with the Venom symbiote. Cutting about like there's no problems. So what is she also a perfect genetic match for him? Yeah. And then is Carlton Drake this perfect genetic match for Riot? So all this testing he was doing was a waste of time because he was the answer all along. <laughs> I, I think it just I think it just proves that the symbiotes are picky and it's nothing to do with genetics whatsoever. Yeah. It's like they look and go, nah, don't like look at you. I'm gonna wreck your body, and then I'm gonna ditch you. Yeah. And that's basically what they, <laughs> what they did. And if it wants, it can go, do you know what, tiny yappy dog, you'll do. And it goes, you know, I just... Yeah, I, I didn't get why it suddenly flipped around and was like, no, 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 it's not that there is, like, a chance of one in 50 people. It's now, you know, one in two. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just really weird. It's, so the whole basis of, of whatever it was changed because, I mean, I... I never that never occurred to me. I quite like the idea of that the symbiote chooses chooses what host it's comfortable with. So all the the hosts that they were being forced into, they were just eating them because they didn't like them. Um, but they weren't even being forced; they were just being exposed to them. Yeah, well, forced in the sense of they can't survive in our atmosphere f- for some reason, and there's a body I can latch on to who will help me survive in this atmosphere. So they latch on, I don't like this guy, kill him, and then this guy will bring me another one and keep doing that until eventually I find one. And then, for some reason, Venom finds Eddie and thinks, I like this guy, and stays with him. Did this script go through multiple rewrites? Yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> because it has, it really has that kind of feeling to it that, you know, it's very unfocused in terms of these points and it starts out trying to make the sorts of socio-political points we were talking about earlier and then, you know, drops all that in favour of, well, we need a big fight scene at the end, so get to it. Yeah. Um, What did you think of Carlton Drake anyway as a character? I mean, I don't think he was really a character. He was just a collection of villainous lines. Yeah. Mm Yeah. Yeah, I thought, I like Riz Ahmed, but I don't think that he had much to work with here. Pretty, no, pretty no, standard, uh, you know. Um, not even, not really the moustache twirling type, but it was just, you know, kind of slimy corporate yeah. villain type. You notice how his motivation entirely changed by the end as well. Mm-hmm. So it was about symbiosis is about getting into space and surviving in space because the, you know, the symbiotes can act as like a living space suit. Fine, okay, I can understand where you're coming from from a scientific point of view. And then by the end, he was like, you know what, I'm going to help this thing bring all his friends home to kill us all. Like, it's a bit of a leap. I mean, the, the 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 leap that I didn't get with that character is they go on about him at the beginning and they say how he how he got started and he came up with this miracle cure and all, all that. Started from very humble beginnings. And I'm trying to work out at which point this character went, do you know what would help me uh, cure even more people is killing lots and lots <laughs> of homeless people in my basement. 
<laughs> when, when did that that when did Classic that sort of change come round? It's it's like you know when you hear the description of oh you came up with this cure, you used all this research, and you did all this starting from very humble, very small beginnings, and now you've built this big company. At which point did he go? Do you know what? When I was in my small shed, I didn't have enough people to kill in order to come up with my <laughs> miracle cures. But it's now I'm rich. Trajectory <laughs> for all boy genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, now th- now that I'm a richer that, villain. Um, do you think that anyone who works for the Life Foundation that has a bad performance review becomes part of the killing stock? Yeah. It's like, you didn't get... Uh, you, you got uh, performing below expectations on your end-of-year review, so <laughs> down to the basement. Development needed. Yeah. Development <laughs> Report needed. to the symbiote department. <laughs> Report to the you sound too familiar with, the, uh, with those bad grades, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's when I'm handing him out at Neil Before Blog at the end of the year. You know? Damn it, he turned <laughs> it on me. <laughs> it's it's uh, end of your review time coming up soon. Uh, Just saying, guys. <laughs> time aside for personal development. That's it. <laughs> what are your goals for 2019? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. More puns. Yeah. Yeah, so Carlton Drake, kind of a kind of sucks there's also there's no real antagonism between him and Eddie they have that one scene where um, he's like I'm going to ruin your life and then he does and then they don't really cross paths again until the end yeah and even even then it's not really personal at that point is it no not at all Um, it's very weird I mean in terms of the so in terms of the plot there's there's all this stuff about stopping the, the invasion of all the other symbiotes, which, you know, it doesn't really become known until Venom tells you what his plan is at the very or plan was at the very end. And you've got all this stuff about this, you know, the symbiote hopping, the, the riot symbiote hopping bodies for like six months, is it? Yeah, it's it's just, oh, yeah. Walks across the earth. I'd forgotten yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. That was crazy as well. I forgot all was, about that. Why oh, was that necessary? Yeah. I mean, why couldn't they have just had another one in the facility that was trying to get out? I don't know. You know in because fact, there's one that at some goes, point that would have played into some other plot point, and then it was just kind of, oh, well, we've failed them as oh, much as no, that. Oh, no, it's because all these movies are doing massive China marketing. Well, that's toys. true. That's right. they, have we, to, they have to feature some yeah. Chinese. We talked about this on scenes. the way out because we were mentioning that uh, China, of course, is coming. Like an even greater market that yeah. all these new movies are uh, trying to find a way to maybe this is why it's doing so well. Maybe what's its figures in China? Don't know. Probably great. Yeah, but I'd like so it. There's a person just... in symbiote count as a double viewing. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> question. How do you charge? Hmm. Nah, one body, one seat. They should just be upfront about it and be like, "This movie is Venom goes to China, Black Panther goes to Korea." <laughs> yeah. Venom doesn't yeah. go to China though. Okay, but he could have. Yeah. He could have. Yeah, but the there is actually a symbiote that that gets forgotten about because you've got the Venom symbiote. We all know where that goes. Ryan. There's the blue one that dies, and then there's a fourth one that is never seen or mentioned after the opening scene. Chandler. It's like an orange. I can't remember what color it was. <laughs> Chandler. Yeah. What do you mean they've got colours? Have they got colours? They're all different colours, yeah. Like, Riot is uh, silverish. Uh, Venom is black. Mastodon. There's the blue one. 
<laughs> yeah, and what's the, I can't remember the fourth what color the fourth one was. Saber tooth tiger. <laughs> oh. Um. Can we talk a bit about bit about the symbiotes having their Earth names that they apparently knew <laughs> up front? <laughs> so Venom has decided I'm called Venom. Fair enough. I don't know. I thought that would have been something he and Eddie would have arrived to together as their <laughs> as their name, but whatever. But then he says later, "Oh, that's Riot." So is this what he was called in his home planet? I quite like that they've got names. I oh, I thought he was cute. called Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> and sort of Venom, Riot, Gary, Brian. I think it's cute that they've got names. Well, it's really weird that they had decided on these Earth names and somehow knew what they were. How are they explained in the source material? How do you uh, know that it's an Earth name? So the host... Well, I mean, it is. It's in English. And, yeah, know, but it could just maybe be that, translated. that's the noise. Yeah. Translated. Well, Venom, yeah. it might just be like Venom, num, 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 is like <laughs> the word, the sound that they make, and then they're like, oh, that, that's, that's, there's an equivalent here on Earth. In, in the comics, it's usually explained by the host and symbiote sort of collectively deciding what they'll be called as a shared entity. Oh, so, that's really cute. It's like um, naming a baby. So like Naming you know, an apprentice team. That was it. So, so Eddie Brock endeavor. <laughs> so Eddie Brock and the symbiote decided that they were poisonous to Spider-Man. Therefore, they were going to be called Venom. Uh, Cletus Cassidy and his symbiote, they were going to create Carnage. So Carnage. There was other ones called. There was like Toxin and Shortbread. Know, shortbread. They sound like Spice Girls. There's anti-Venom as well. Oh, because uh, that is a thing. That's when again. Aunt Aunt May gets infected by the symbiote. <laughs> yeah. Young Aunt May Venom. <laughs> Young Auntie Venom. Oh um, God. Yeah. They're actually gonna do this, you know. Yeah, we've said too much. Yeah, so the Earth name stuff was a bit weird. I also really liked uh, Venom's descriptions of, of Riot. It's like he can do he could do strange stuff. And it was like he just made like axes and stuff with his you know out of his himself. He's got all sorts of weapons. Yeah, like, can yeah. Venom do this too? No, because I mean, he's got a greater imagination than him, so... Yeah, but Tom Hardy could imagine an axe, surely. It's not down to Tom Hardy to imagine the axe. Well, then why is he there? <laughs> he's just hosting with the hosting. Yeah. <laughs> also, why would a... I mean, why would a, a, a alien species that exists in a sort of gelatinous state as its default shape, know what an axe is. Well, fire safety think. regulations. <laughs> we don't know what they've seen before. You know, maybe there'll be like an origins, origins, like back on their home planet. Maybe. Oh yeah, I can't need wait to, to see that. I need to stop giving the writers ideas because I swear to God that all my ideas that I said would be terrible for Spider-Man. The last couple of times they've gone and gone. Hey, she said that would be terrible, so we're gonna turn it into another movie. Did you see the trailers before and then the post-credit scenes? Well, that is in the agenda. Yes, Jesus, I did. It's terrible. Wait, you you think Into the Spider Verse looks terrible? Is this the animated one? Yeah. It looks shocking. Really? Yeah, it that looks, looks amazing. No, my God, Craig, this is you're the target market for this this movie it what people looks, that like spider-man yeah definitely it looks a step too far it looks absolutely appalling i can't believe that i had to sit through such an extended post-credit scene like and what looks appalling about it 
It just was. It's just. It looks like a joke. I watched a ten-minute clip from the movie because they're like, "Oh, we've got nothing else to show you." They were like, "We really do well, have to sell you on this." Yeah. Well, that 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 is the weird thing about it. So you're. It's a post-credit scene in Venom that is shows you as its post-credit scene a clip of another film that has nothing to do with it. Oh, That's it looks really, dreadful. I'm looking forward to Into the Spider Verse. I think it's going to be a really good. Hmm. Well, maybe it'll be surprising, but for I like me, that I just it, was like, it's like I like that the different spider characters are all in different animation styles because they're from different universes. I mean, yeah, how original. But like, <laughs> when we when we've talked about it before, and I've been like, oh my god, stop making them. We don't need to see it done this way, this way, this way, this way. It's like they've gone, wow, that's everything she doesn't want to see. Let's put it all together in a single movie because that's what that's what the public want. I don't know. For me, I just I it ruined Venom for me. Actually, I left really deflated after that that end scene. <laughs> well, I think she loved it up to that point. Well, because I was in a I was in a zone when it ended, and I was like, okay, cool, and then I had to wait, and then it got it was so bad that I was like, can we leave? Do we have to watch the whole scene, or can we get up and what like and just walk out? And we stayed and watched the whole bit, and I just was like, "When will this end?" Well, I did think it was an overly long clip. Jesus, so long. Uh, I mean, I think in context of me watching Into the Spider Verse, it'll be fine, but um, it coming after Venom was a bit jarring for me. I was like, "What the hell is this? Yeah. Why are you putting this here?" Yeah, you know. Yeah, they should have just done what like Pixar or whatever do, and had like a little short at the start. And being like, oh, if you're coming in late to the movie, watch this little, you know, ten minute, eight minute animated short. I don't know why it can't just exist like that. Put it, put it right at the end as a palate a palate cleanser. <laughs> they be- they like betrayed a... my trust. I was there <laughs> thinking, you know, this is where we normally get a little like tease for something else, mm-hmm. and instead they were like, let's. Uh, cynically advertise you a kids film that you don't want to mm-hmm. see. One that we'd already seen a really long trailer for before yeah. the start of the movie. <laughs> there was a trailer for it before <laughs> like, the movie it was as a well. Huge trailer for it, and then it was like watching the same thing, and I was like, "What are Sony doing?" It's like, it's like they've seen what Marvel have done, and it's become like this weird, like awful version of it. It's like just really pastiche. Like it's like they're they're trying to to get across a particular thing and they've completely missed the mark with it as far as I'm concerned uh, that left a bad taste in my mouth for sure when we left well I for one am looking forward to Spider-Verse I think it's going to be good fun I think you're the only person no I'm, I'm with him it, lo- it kind of looks quite good fun <laughs> I've, got to, I've got to step oh, up for quick on this one terrible. but I'm sorry Why? it looks Why like it's going to be there's a spider ham I, I, I can't I can't say any more than that. There's a spider ham, therefore it's yeah, good. It's happen. like what if Spider Man was a pig and then it, yeah. you, Chris. What if? Oh god. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. The, the only the only thing about it is I had to sit through that blooming M M&M M song to get there. That's you know oh. um, You mean you retreated to the lyrical Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean if you you know, you were you were punished with ten minutes of Into the Spider Verse, I was punished with what felt like ten minutes of M M&M. and M. Have you even Although, looked at the lyrics? We did. Some of them don't make sense, but there are words. When he just sounds like he's going, nah, 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 nah. there are. He, there's like ten words in there, and I think that that's brilliant. We did get a post-credit scene that does tease a sequel that we are now definitely getting because it's making so much money, and it has Woody Harrelson in his simply red wig 
as Cletus Cassidy, a.k.a. Carnage. Mm. Oh, I'd forgotten about that because of that terrible, terrible post-post-credits. <laughs> I was thinking, I mean, I wasn't sure about the Woody Harrelson scene because I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be funny or not. He looks, um, yeah, he looks a bit ridiculous. He looks ridiculous and the things he's saying are kind of supposed to be sinister. <laughs> but I just found it hilarious. Do you not think he looks like the bad guy from The Incredibles? Yeah. He does a little bit, actually. Because yeah, yeah. I was like, and he talks like that, and his face is the same shape, and I was like, oh, maybe it's like a crossover, <laughs> and it's like this guy from The Incredibles. Yeah, sort of Mick Hartnell or uh, the bad guy from The Incredibles, so... Uh. Mm. So, we'll get a sequel where Woody Harrelson is Carnage, and they'll probably make about as half ass an attempt. Well, do you know, the, the only thing I can say about them, if they do make a sequel, is maybe they'll take the bits from this, because they threw so much at the wall during this mm-hmm. film. Maybe they'll go, okay, what what did people actually come out and do? Did they like the fun buddy kind of element? Okay, they liked that bit. Okay, we'll lift that bit and keep it. This bit, this bit, and this bit goes or gets diminished in a way and it's out out the way. I think the only the only problem is with with, you know, symbiote V symbiote, you just end up with the same ending again, which is a big CGI sort of mishmash. At the end, where one piece of silly putty is fighting another piece of silly putty. That fight at the end was atrocious. It was dark, they both looked the same, it was blurry, it was fast-moving. You're talking about Black Panther, right? (laughs) (laughs) I thought thought seriously, at the end of the fight, it was going to be the two separating and they would each be in the wrong symbiote. (laughs) <laughs> that's what I thought was going to happen like in the wrong clothes kind of thing going hang on this isn't the one I came in here with whose symbiote is it anyway Yeah, it's like when uh, it's like when your friend picks the same character as you in a Playstation game beat him up you know it looks slightly different but it's the same thing but that's all it was and apparently Riot had the home field advantage because he had he could make weapons that Venom couldn't for some reason Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't understand that at all, and I didn't. I didn't quite understand what the plot was. So he was going to go off and get more symbiotes to come to Earth. Yeah, and then they would invade more. Yeah, but they would be really picky over who they had as soldiers, and then half of them would die. Yeah, like there'd be a couple of beagles fighting off against. <laughs> I don't know why. It's, you know what? What, what if they're like symbi- You know, does it work on sharks? Oh, now you're talking. Uh, yeah, you could have like yeah. similar. It would be like a mega shark v giant mega venom crossover. <laughs> a megalodon venom. Yeah. I think that you're giving them more ideas. We're never going to get shot off this movie now. It's a meg. <laughs> I think. I think the thing is, is like because it's now made made this money, it's probably going to get a sequel. But like I say, my hope would be that they would take the bits that people have gone, ah, do you know what, that bit worked, that bit maybe, 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 and then put it together. I just don't see how the films are going to end in any other way other than one of these CGI, symbiote v symbiote mm-hmm. kind of fights. It's like, what do you pair against him? Because he's not got Spider-Man to fight, he's not, we're presuming at this point that it's not going to sort of merge into the MCU in some weird wacky way. So well, they surely can't because no one in this world knows that aliens exist. Yeah. So yeah. what's so what what is he gonna get to fight at the other end? What's he gonna do? Because like 
like you said, you know, from the comic book lore and stuff, he goes off and becomes Punisher for a bit. Or he goes off and does... So, is he going to be able to do that here? Not quite with supervillains and do that? I don't know. Well, um, Eddie's going to teach the symbiote what good and bad means at the end. So, you know, there's... Like who he's allowed to eat and not allowed to eat. He already did that, though. No, because he's still learning. No, but at the end, he's like, yeah, you can eat that guy because he's terrible. Yeah, but there's, you know, there's other kind of good and bad bits that, that could, you know... I, I like that the, the symbiote had a shopping list as well. That was yeah. at the end. That was good. It was like, you either get me some food or I will eat you. That's that's the relationship they have at the end of the film. Yeah, that but is, it's kind of like a joke though, because it's like you wouldn't eat them because they can do so much together. It's like your best friends. He was chowing down on them earlier though. Wait, who are we talking about? Venom. Oh, but he and his kidneys and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but that's because he needed to survive. But now that they know that they've got options, he's not going to choose to eat him. They're they're friends. They're friends. They're bonded. Well, literally, they've achieved true symbiosis. Yeah, they're the best of friends. I don't know. I feel like the second film should just be a sitcom of them just sitting around and bickering about stuff. Central Park. Yeah, well, maybe. It's like... Venom, can you grab the remote? He's like, no, get it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just depressing that there's going to be a sequel. <laughs> it's just depressing that they're going to consider that as an actual option for stories. But yeah, the, if it is Carnage, which it probably will be, it will just end with him fighting a, a, a you know, a palette swap of himself. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. Although I'd quite like to see, because Riot and Venom essentially look the same. I mean, Riot has that stupid grin that, that he wears all the time. But other than that, they look basically the same, other than the palette swap. I would quite like um, Carnage to be like... Because in the comics, he's like quite slim. Um, I don't know, it would just be visually something else to look at. Yeah, but that's kind of clutching at straws, I think, when it's going to be just... Um Putty v putty. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure how you do it. I mean, which kind of brings us on to the sort of the point about is there any point in doing Venom without Spider-Man? And I think based on this film, no, because it didn't offer me anything else like that was more interesting than that. This is a character who exists because of Spider-Man. Like his in the comics, his origin is directly related to Spider-Man. If you look at some of his other villains. Craven the Hunter, for example. I mean, we're going to get that dreck, but uh, his origin has nothing to do with Spider-Man. It's just he crosses paths with him at some point. And there are other villains. Morbius doesn't have anything to do with him either, at least in the comics. So, you know, that you can sort of see that there might be a story for these other villains that aren't that don't have their origin story directly linked, but Venom does. And if you're going to change that, you have to come up with something that's compelling it's a pretty a, weird by one. way of a replacement, but they don't. Because of how his appearance is kind of based on Spider-Man and a, a lot of his kind of powers and movement and stuff, you know, crawling on walls and things like that. It's Keeps all the webbing. Kind, yeah. yeah, it's all, you know, very Spider-Man. And so it just doesn't make any sense to for him to exist without Spider-Man. Yeah. And if they were going to turn it into something new and interesting, then they could have, you know, they would have had to convince us that Oh yeah, 
you don't need Spider-Man to make a good Venom thing. But no, you do. <laughs> you absolutely do, based on this. Because what did they come up with instead? Some alien parasite coming from an asteroid somewhere that bonds with a disgraced reporter. And they have adventures. That's not interesting. You could, you know, you could lop the Venom name off this and just come up with that on your own. And it would be what it would be. But that wouldn't be as cynical a cash grab. No. I feel like it's, um... Okay, let me gather my thoughts here. I had some half-assed thoughts about an hour and a half ago and kind of forgot about them. Okay, so recently we watched Halloween 3. And I was Season really disappointed. Yeah, and I was really confused because... Where's Michael of, Myers? Well, yeah, you're like, what? well, what is the point of calling it Halloween? Because... Like, it's, apart from the music, it's got nothing to do with uh, Halloween. So you're they like, watch Halloween I'm really confused. They do, but is that enough? So I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, you know, it's kind of like Halloween 3, where it's tied to these universes, I guess, and all this other previous stuff. It doesn't really show us anything from there. Um, it's well, just it's tied, tied in a, a name to make money. Tied, yeah. Yeah, it's not tied in the least in terms of the, the story and characters and whatever yeah. else. Like, there's no connection. Yeah, so you're just yeah. kind of like, well, what have, they, what have they done it for? And it's because yeah. they use that name. But I also feel like it's a bit unfair. I feel bad for Venom because I also feel like the fact that it's been produced by a different company um, and it just... And if it had problems with being, like, this, the script and everything like that, it just doesn't feel like it ever had things truly going for it like I feel like the film I like that the film exists I guess I just it's a shame that the form that it took on I think it could have been better I think that Venom can exist without Spider-Man I think that the the story could have been much more interesting but is there a but? there is a but I feel like it could have been more interesting but I like that it exists I actually think you could have a series of Venom films uh, that spin off from his appearance in a Spider-Man film. So, you know, he turns up as a villain in a Spider-Man film and then that plot is resolved and at the end of the Spider-Man film he decides, I'm going to let this vendetta go and I'm going to go off and do something else, do my own thing. And then you have a series of Venom spin-offs. No, I, 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 I can imagine you could get uh, Eddie Brock uh, raging against Spider-Man kind of thing for whatever maybe misconstrued reason. I do think you can have Venom without Spider-Man. I just, mm-hmm. I think a lot of his power set and his look and his style are Spider-Man based so then it becomes more tricky to explain. Um but I think it just could have been implemented better. If they're going to create a whole universe of Spider-Man villains without Spider-Man, I think there were easier places to start than Venom mm-hmm. that would have you could have then led into Venom. You know, once you create Oscorp instead of the Life Foundation or something, then you can then lead on to Venom. Then you've got scientists, so you can end up with your Doc Ock and whatever. It, it it you can build off based on that whereas with this i think they they knew that they i think they probably went with a villain 
that was known but didn't have as much of a tied down backstory and other character integrations that they would need to do for Venom. And they could make Venom stand alone easier than doing their Norman Osborn film or, you know, one of them. And it was an already established name, though. Whereas Craven the Hunter isn't really outside of the comics yet. It's not been on film. Norman Osborn has, Doc Ock has. Um, you know, even Doc Connors has been on so far. So they've went for one that's maybe known, but not well enough known that they're going to get into too many problems. And I don't think lots of, you know, man on the street hunters are going to be raging that there's no Spider-Man in here, though some may have been drawn to the film under the illusion that there was going to be a surprise appearance. Mm-hmm. You know, some shock reveal. Some... That, uh, he wasn't telling you that Spider-Man's not in the film. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> that's the thing. Is like going, oh, well, he might not. And then you're saying, okay. And then you've got post credit sting. So people are like, oh, well, there'll be a little hint in a post credit sting, you know. And you're like, well, not really. And then really. you're faced with that animation. stinker. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't... I do think you can have these villains without Spider-Man. I just don't think it flows particularly well. And I can see why Sony are doing it, because they own this property and they've got to do something with it. I don't think they're going to get to the stage where they just sign everything over to Disney to use. Um, now whether they will build up their little universe of villains and then once their deal runs out I don't know what kind of deal they've got with using Spider-Man in the Marvel films they might introduce another Spider-Man in amongst all this they could have made this a spin-off to the Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> well, well, the thing with the Amazing Spider-Man just turns up for a scene. Yeah, you know. the Amazing Spider-Man, the the second one. I mean, they pretty much teased that they wanted to do a universe of villains. They yeah. had all the villains lined out in a secret underground lair at one point. Yeah, the tentacles, the vulture wings. Yeah, they they had they had Rhinos planned that whole thing, which may be why you've got part of a weird script in here whether there was ever originally a Venom script floating about somewhere at Sony and they went oh well we can use a little bit of this and a little bit of that and add in this and there we go you know bring it up to date throw in video journalism we're done yeah thing is I've read some of the comics of Venom as a solo act you know the lethal protector stuff and I've read some of the comics of other hosts of Venom as well and um, I've had you know, I've had some enjoyment out of, of various bits of them, but I'm much more interested in Venom as a foil for Spider-Man. That's why I was drawn to the character in the first place. I remember watching the '90s cartoon, the three-parter, the alien costume three-parter, the la- the end of the second part, the symbiote latches onto Eddie Brock, who is, by the way, voiced by Hank Azaria in that cartoon. How cool is that? Uh, and then. He's revealed in the next episode. He's got the big white spider emblem. He's got like the snarling teeth. He just looks so cool. And uh, that's why I was drawn to it initially. And then, you know, I read up about the character and he's super sinister when the way he stalks Spider-Man and uh, doesn't trigger his spider sense and all this stuff. And yeah, it was, it was just good stuff. And then they started expanding a bit and introducing Carnage. It's a character I hate so much because he's just so crap. And um and, and other stuff, but th- that sort of early Todd McFarlane stuff of Venom was was excellent when he was first introduced. 
I just just not hugely interested in Venom when he's not certainly not in the Marvel Universe we'll go that way Um, because you know he he can interact with other characters who aren't Spider-Man in interesting ways but outside of the Marvel Universe and his own little thing I just don't see the point it's basically Spawn which is (laughs) you know very similar because Todd McFarlane created Spawn after he left Marvel and Marvel retained the rights to Venom so he's just like yeah I'll come up with something that's pretty much the same you know Spawn has a more mystical origin, but still, it's like much the same. So yeah, not not a huge, not hugely on board with the fact that we're going to get the Venom verse or whatever the hell they're going to call it, and uh, and you just have this Venom who's a giant. He's just you know just this giant black beast without the um, the white spider emblem. It's just nah. Why are you doing this? I didn't think I could be any less interested in a cinematic universe than the Suicide Squad universe. <laughs> but the thought of another terrible villains as good guys, as villains, without the good guys we actually want to see. At least Suicide Squad had Batman in it, though. Like the Flash, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Just, uh, no, I, I, yeah. I, it's a I terrible film, and you can I can't get it. behind it. And you can listen to me and Kat ramble about it for a while. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's a terrible film, but you've got... At least that film took place in the universe it was supposed to take place in. Yeah. Because this one doesn't. Do you think with Venom in this, and Eddie Brock is kind of this campaigning uh, journalist going after villains kind of thing that they've now set up, that there's a chance that they're going to use Venom as a substitute Spider-Man when they're introducing their other villains to the universe could do <laughs> Eddie Brock has a cameo at the end of Craven the Hunter I'm here to talk to you about the Venom initiative <laughs> <laughs> I was more thinking that if he disagrees with something that Craven the Hunter's doing or or Craven the Hunter has the taste for symbiote um, <laughs> instead well, of the Craven instead of be, yeah. instead of Spider-Man well, the thing about Craven as a character, right? I just, I just don't like him. I think he's kind of lame, and I think the the nineties cartoon does the best job of adapting that character because they move away from all the rubbish, the parts or the parts that I don't like, and replace it with stuff that I do like. So they change him completely. So <laughs> That's the way handy I, for you. yeah, it works for me, but I don't know how well it works for other people. But you know, Spectacular Spider-Man, which is a cartoon that I absolutely love, has a terrible version of Craven the Hunter in it. You know, it's even worse than the comics, but the. Certainly in this day and age, you've got this guy that likes to hunt other human beings for sport. And it's like, the first question that you need to ask for a Craven the Hunter film is, who's he hunting and why? You know, it's, I mean, you can sort of understand that if he thinks that Spider-Man's worthy, pray for him and he comes after Spider-Man. But like, I don't know, like it wouldn't make any sense for you have Craven the Hunter with Venom as the secondary character that he's hunting. Surely that's just Venom 2 where Craven the Hunter is the villain. You know, but it might be a way of them tying it into something that's already worked in inverted commas. You know, I, I don't. You know, it's it's that cynical approach of well, we've got something that kind of works, and people like universities where they're all tied together. But this is True. where you know they seem to trip up again and again and again and again, where they go, no, everyone's got to be in the whole. It's all got to be a shared universe. You can't have all these people existing. They could probably do more interesting films if they don't try and tie all these people in together 
at some point. Exactly. Whereas These are the they, sorts of um, creative questions that they never actually think about before they. <laughs> yeah, set well, off it on gives these. them it gives them more narrative freedom. You know, it means that they can go off and they can make it as barmy or as different as possible. If they want to go down a completely comedy angle, they can go down a completely comedy angle because it's not going to conflict with anything else in their universe. If you if you go down like a complete comedy route with something, and then you've got to then introduce a ridiculously dark Craven the Hunter film, for example, how how do you then smash those two things together into something? It becomes a disjointed mess. Well, I mean, if this is the pilot episode for you know a Sony cinematic villains of Spider Man without Spider Man universe, they need a better title than that. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, the. Um, this film actually, I mean, I'm not going to say it does it right, but it does what Marvel did in the beginning, like concentrates on telling or making a good film. You know, it concentrates on the film that they're making and then worries about the rest later on. So every, well, with a few exceptions, every Marvel film has basically done that. You know, it's concentrated on the film that they're making rather than the universe it inhabits, and that's what makes it work. Things like, Suicide Squad don't work because it does the opposite. Or Batman v Superman did the opposite. Or The Mummy, where Russell Crowe sits in for 10 minutes and talks to you about vampires and other stuff that exists in that universe. And it's, you know, it's just maintenance of something that you might never make. So at least they didn't assume they were going to get to the point where, oh yeah, we're going to have thousands of these buggers in a few years. Uh, so they've just made a film about Venom that doesn't allude to anything else well that's one of those things you know i was i was almost expecting in parts of this film for there to be stuff showing on tv in the background or newspaper articles about particular characters or stuff to sort of yeah. tease the fact that oh these other people exist by the way and thankfully one of the saving graces is that they didn't do that which means that they can keep this in its its isolated sort of venom bubble over at the other side and they can introduce their others yeah, but I think it runs the risk that they're going to try and make it all a combined universe and, and join it. Yeah. Uh, but if they do that later, that's fine. It doesn't hurt this film. I mean, this film no. has enough problems without worrying <laughs> about that. So, you know, I don't know, it's difficult. It's difficult. We'll just need to see what happens. Wait and see what happens. I mean, I know I'll see Venom too because I like all this kind of stuff. Comic book stuff, yeah, I'm there for the most part. There's a few things I haven't seen, mostly Netflix Marvel series because they bore the tits off me. Um, but you know, oh yeah, do I watch thirteen episodes of Luke Cage cutting about? No, not really. Um, I don't know, but we'll watch this space. I guess we'll see what happens. Although there is a Spider-Man connection that's not really a Spider-Man connection that people might have missed. Do you want me to tell you what it is? What? Go on. The pilot of the shuttle or the spaceship at the start of the film who dies is called John Jameson. I don't know what that means. The, the son of J. Jonah Jameson. Who's that? <laughs> Who's that? J.K. Simmons. It's already been answered on this very podcast. <laughs> it's like that quiz we went to where the answer to one question was the same as the answer to a later question. The guy didn't know it was the same person. Hawkeye! <laughs> yeah. What is it? Was... <laughs> a cave in London. 
<laughs> cave in London. Yeah, um, these jokes uh, will only be relevant to two, three other people. Supreme, like I'm yeah. free, free of which are already on the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll explain. We uh, four of us uh, recently went to an Avengers quiz in an establishment in Edinburgh, and um, one of the questions was in Age of Ultron, who tries to lift the hammer first? It's Hawkeye. He didn't want the guy's real name because he didn't know what it was. And then later on, he uh, questioned... There's a question. Natasha Romanov is one of the members of the Avengers who has skills and not superpowers. Who's the other one? And I want his real name, not his superhero name. And the answer was uh, Clint Barton, which is Hawkeye. So, you know, he'd had, the guy knew so little about the subject he was asking questions about that he didn't realise that the answer to the question was the same guy. Or maybe he was just testing you in a different way. No, no, he said at the start he knows bugger all about Marvel stuff. <laughs> no, I thought he did an Avengers thing. Uh, we did do rather well on the music round, though. Just saying. We did. He was a bit like the people who made this film. <laughs> yeah. So, John Jameson's in it, but he dies. So, does that mean that Marvel can't use Jameson in the MCU? Or just the J. Jameson they, they have? Attention to any of that anyway. Yeah. Well, Jameson's the one of the best things about the the Rumi Spider-Man movies because he's so funny. Anyway, so I think on that note, it's time to wrap up. We've spent longer talking about Venom than anyone else ever has. The writers. Than the writers. Yeah. Um. So as a wrap up, what are we going to say about this as a as a thing? Here for more of it. Would rather it just was one and done, or you wish you hadn't spent the two hours watching it and now the subsequent two hours talking about it. One and done. One and done. <laughs> Chris? As I stick by what I said earlier on. Maybe if they learn from this, they could create something else. Now they've done the slightly messy introduction, maybe they can do something with it. But I'll go with one and done. Yeah, in my heart, it probably is going to get something else, but they could do something with it. There is some potential in there. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, so yeah. Uh, I'd rather this wasn't made at all, to be honest, even though I kind of enjoyed it. Uh, it's because I really want to see a good cinematic adaptation of the Spider-Man puts on the black suit storyline, and we're just not going to get that. Because they're making this instead, so... Well, maybe in eight years' time you'll get it. Maybe, maybe, but I don't think so. Um, I, going War by the been... past, I would not really yeah. this possibility. I know, Infinity War would have been the perfect place for him to get the black suit, I'm just saying. But no, he gets that rubbish what's in. This, what's to stop him from getting it, isn't it? Well, because he doesn't get it. That's that's what stops him from getting that <laughs> Infinity War because he doesn't. Events. <laughs> yeah, the the fact that the film came out last year, this year, and uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm living in a different uh, timeline, so I'm sorry about that. Yeah, Indeed, you're kind of we're living like, in a timeline where we have already recorded the. You're kind of the podcast. Doctor Strange of this gang. Yeah. Ding. <laughs> uh, Natalie, what do you think? One and done, or want to see more? Um, I was Chris's um, first half of what he said. I think that now that they've established whose character is, I think that they'll either have a bit more fun with it, um, or they'll get a bit more serious. I think they'll go a bit more fun. Uh, I will go and see the sequel when it comes out in the hope 
that they've um, maybe spent a bit more time on on it in general. Um, but I think I think maybe it's just a tricky character. I think the people producing it, it's tricky for them to a lot of excuses. Um, I don't regret going to see it. I regret sitting through the post credits. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we've discussed that already. No, I think I think it'll be okay. It'll be that's the thing. It's not gonna be amazing. It's just gonna be one of those. Yeah, okay, I'll go and see it. Fill a gap, which is maybe maybe how they've made half a billion pounds off of it. Like it's filling a gap. Um, I don't see it taking on uh, any of the other big character movies. So they'll probably be very careful with when they release it. But um, I'll go see it probably. Yeah, I'll see it because I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> yeah. You're into that masochistic venom loving we were talking about <laughs> <That's> earlier. <it. laughs> uh, let's not bring that up again. Chris, hit the music. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that is our discussion of venom. So that's that. Uh, Chris, thank you for being here. You're <laughs> welcome. He's just sitting there like a turd in the wind. As I do every evening. Yes, as whatever that is. Um, if you haven't seen it, you should see the. Uh, no, no one knows what it means. That's the joke. But uh, if you haven't seen it, you should watch the uh, how it should have ended Venom teaser thing, where he just doesn't understand how phrases work. So he just keeps coming up with you know. Um, I I can't remember what some of them are, but they're really funny. So link in the show notes as always. Uh, oh, and should we go to our presenting sponsor, which I forgot to do earlier? Oh, wait, is that me? Yeah. <laughs> if you're a fan of Harry Potter, uh, I'm selling original film cells uh, from Deathly Hallows, which are pretty cool, on Etsy under Tatty Bojangs. Have a look. Both of are terrible, but they're a really cool piece of cinematic history, considering that 35mm is, like, gone now, pretty much. So that's that's me. Etsy it. Get some Harry Potter... Uh, original merch did it fall Dunzo. out of a factory window huh <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind source unlisted source unlisted. <laughs> um, so there's that that's our sponsor so uh, thank you for oh my listening. god should I send you like a little free one in the post so it's like legit show notes you can if you want. Yeah. link okay. to your Etsy store link in um, the show notes I forgot some really cute business card size ones, Craig, so I'll send you your favourite character and you can keep them with you for always. Yay. Who's your favourite? Who is my favourite Harry Potter character? I'll think, need to think about that. I feel like this is as relevant a chat as the post-credit uh, Spider-Verse <laughs> is to Venom, so... What is Craig's favourite Harry Potter character? It's <laughs> a good question. I don't All remember right. who most of them are. I don't know. The, I'll go with the guy that... The guy that's played by Gary Oldman. I liked him. Aww. No, yeah. Snape. Alan Rickman. I yeah, love Alan I've got, Rickman. I do have some Alan Rickman, actually. I've got some Severus Snape. I've mm. also got, if you want, uh, Alice in Wonderland or Narnia. They look pretty cool. This is getting more and more like the post-credit sequence. I know. I so I'm going to go. I really need to pee. It's been a pleasure. So uh, okay. thank you for having so, us. So, Angus, try, thanks for joining. <laughs> thank you. Thank uh, you. Natalie, thanks for joining. You're welcome. That was our discussion on the movie Venom. A special thanks to musical YouTuber Pretty Bangs, Feet Bone Creed, for the cover of Eminem's Venom song. 
If you like what you heard, then as always, please hit that subscribe button on iTunes, YouTube, or any major podcasting app. If you iTunes users could rate us and leave a comment, that would be amazing. If you want to discuss this or anything else with us, you can leave us a comment on neilbeforeblog.co.uk. We hope you'll join us on the next Neil Before Pod. with the